Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the guy who thinks he's the master of the universe. It's Rob. Yes, give me my brandy and my cigars. <laughs> I would like a brandy. Welcome to <laughs> Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yes, now this episode of Rewind and Review will uh, look at a film that's that held the highest grossing film of all time for um, title for more than 12 years, um, taking the crown from our beloved Jurassic Park, actually. Um, it's a film that uh, popularised the world's most famous ship shipwreck um, and inspired a generation of filmgoers and studio executives to embrace movies with over three-hour runtimes. That's right. So throw on your life vest, retire to the smoking lounge to congratulate <laughs> each other on being masters of the universe. And of course, <laughs> never let anyone else share your floating door as we rewind <laughs> to the year 1997. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby. Yeah. Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. The year 1997, Bruce Willis was in his element. Matt Damon peaked and Jim Carrey tried telling the truth. A fantastic year in cinema with so many standout and iconic films, but none were as epic in scale and success as Titanic. Now, uh, written, produced and directed by James Cameron, Titanic is an epic love story of two strangers from different social classes who met meet and fall in love aboard the famous ill-fated luxury liner and they struggle to survive as the unsinkable ship the largest ship afloat at the time catastrophically sinks into the freezing atlantic ocean set both in modern times and in 1912 titanic firstly sees a team of treasure hunters led by brock lovett played by bill paxton who are searching the titanic shipwreck for the famed heart of the ocean necklace uh, which was lost at sea during the sinking. Brock's team meet a mysterious survivor of the disaster named Rose Dawson Calvert, played by Gloria Stewart, who they bring on board their expedition to tell her story of the fateful night. Through Rose, we're taken on a journey through the eyes of her younger self, Rose DeWitt Bucata. I always get the pronunciation a bit off with that. Um, it was played by Kate Winslet um, as Rose travels aboard the ship uh, reluctantly on her way to New York for an arranged marriage with the wealthy and vile Cal or Caledon Hockley, which played by Billy Zane. Um, also alongside her controlling and manipulative mother, Ruth, played by Frances Fisher. Um, and along the way, Rose is saved by the streetwise third-class passenger, Jack Dawson, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and the unlikely pair fall in love despite all of their differences and against the will of Rose's fiancé and mother, and, of course, the world ending all around them. Be warned that if you haven't seen Titanic yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to this episode. We will be talking spoilers. The ship mm -hmm. sinks. 
Just to yeah. let you know. It's six. Jack dies. Whoa. Jack dies. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Look, we gave the warning. You had half mm-hmm. a second to get out of here. But, of course, it has been 25 years um, since the Titanic sank on the big screen. Um, yeah. Rob, I- I'm assuming in that time you've watched this movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. Certainly. I, I certainly have. I certainly have watched this movie. Um, I actually, uh, I... I didn't see it in cinemas, um, but I, I, we, we, we watched it on um, VHS when, when it first came out, um, and yeah, I, th- I think I reckon, you know, when it first came out in those first couple of years, I probably watched it, you know, at least once a year for the first five six years, and then I hadn't seen it for, again for yeah, since then really, um, and so watching it again recently for this episode, um, yeah, it was a. It was a beautiful, like, yeah, it was a nice little refreshing, um, I guess, yeah, re- revisit to um, to something that I really enjoyed when I was a bit younger. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've seen it plenty of times, um, but not, not for not for a little while. So, yeah. What about cool. yourself, Jace? You've seen it. You're familiar uh, with it. I have. Like, like yourself, um, first time watching this was on VHS. I remember, like, with my family, you know, like, my parents, like, they weren't big movie buffs or anything like that. But for some reason, like, this movie coming out, it was like a big exciting thing you know when it first came out on video to rent mm. they were like let's you know like get it brand new you know like they were the type that was like oh look, we'll, we'll just hire out the weeklies and stuff but this is a new release yeah. they had to watch it um from memory <laughs> this was probably the first set of boobs i saw on you know in a movie as a as a fresh little seven-year-old that might not be <laughs> accurate but it's the first ones i remember so um Kate Winslet will always have a special National place Lampoon. in my <laughs> was that, was that National Lampoon's European vacation was mine Jason well, um but know. uh this would have been a close second I reckon yeah so yeah. look this movie obviously kept popping up every now and then like I obviously wasn't obsessed with it you know quite on the young side and all that but as you know like, as I was older mm. and stuff kept revisiting this movie um and, you know, it just developed a very um, strong fondness for it to the point where it was like, mm-hmm. even in, um, I can't remember what class it was. It must have been English. Maybe it was history. I don't know. But we watched, you know, like over multiple days because the movie is so damn long um, in, in school. You know, we, we watched <laughs> this and then, you know, like examined it and analyzed it and did oh, yeah. God knows what kind of report. Um, on this movie. Um, I remember when I was working, um, you know, managing a cinema chain and mm-hmm. you know like the, it was the time of the re the re-release or the 3d release yeah. um of titanic and you know like i'd sort of everything was shut you know tills were counted everything was cleaned up still had a few more hours you know just waiting for the movies to finish i would just go and park myself in the in the cinema that was screening the 3d session literally just mm-hmm. as the iceberg hit and just watched the end of the oh movie um, from there on out, like just in 3D. And I remember wow. just being one of the best post-conversion 3D movies I'd ever seen. Mm. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the 3D and stuff, but just watching all of that, you know, all the dimensions with that ship going yeah. down, I was just like, this is epically crazy. Watched it a few times oh. just, just because I could. Um, so it was really yeah, cool. Wow. Um, but, you know, like yeah. speaking of, you know, like speaking of 3D and, and all of that, I mean, you know, mm. like, we should talk about the James Cameron of it all. And of I course, guess we should. you know, on the heels of Avatar, 
uh, what what the hell is it called? Way of water, way of the water. The water's wet. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar. James Cameron likes water. Um, way of water. Way of, way water. of water. So look, that's yeah. out now. Um, you know, Avatar was James Cameron's like biggest movie after this. You know, Titanic. It's such a big thing. A legacy was mm-hmm. um, definitely left with yeah. this movie, and hell, like you said highest grossing movie for like um for about 12 years so let's get into all of that um budget box office if you want to take the lead yeah yeah no worries um so uh it cost about two 200 million dollars to make this movie um that was its budget but that was its production (laughs) (laughs) but that was its production budget um there are larger estimates for its marketing and i don't know if you remembered chase but when this movie was uh being marketed it was everywhere um, so there would have been a few hundred million on top of that. But um, the box office takings, at the end of it all, it, uh, it's $2.2 billion worldwide. So um, this includes re-releases, the 3D releases as well. Correct. Yes. Um, and so uh, with its, um, you know, its entire takings adjusted for inflation around about two, um, 2021 dollars, um, it's about $3.2 billion, you know, in its, in its lifespan that it's made. Um, so when it was released, it was the highest grossing film of all time, beating Jurassic Park, which we, we noticed that, um, noted at the top. Um, now, it remained the highest grossing film for over 12 years until 2010 uh, when it was overtaken by um, Cameron's film Avatar, um, as we said. Um, and, yeah, some a lot, a lot of listeners will probably be aware that... Um, uh, Avatar was then overtaken by uh, it was Infinity War, I believe, or Endgame. One of Endgame. them. Endgame. It was um, Endgame. But then uh, I think I mean, some uh, Avatar got re released again, and then that overtook that again. But uh, either way, it's the third um, third highest grossing film of all time, um, adjusted for inflation, um, which is actually behind Gone on the Wind, um, Avatar, and, and uh, Avatar as well. So Gone with the Wind was $3.9 billion, um, and Avatar is three point five, and uh, Titanic still sits in a comfortable third. Um, it was the film, uh, first film to also gross $1 billion of, um, ever, which is uh, pretty special as well. So, yeah, look, lots of money coming in. It made lots of money, and it held a, that record for 12 years. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, James Cameron knows yeah. how to make movies that make money. There you go. How's that? He Big, does indeed. Crazy he stuff. does indeed. Um, but not just financially, uh, you know, viable and successful. Critically, um, mm-hmm. just broad critical acclaim. Um, if you yeah. check out Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it sits at eighty-seven percent from two hundred and thirty-two reviews. So that's an average of eight out of ten. Uh, Metacritic mm-hmm. gives it seventy-five out of a hundred based on thirty-five reviews. Cinema score, the very rare A plus, and yep. our good friend, very close to the podcast, Roger Ebert. <laughs> four out of oh man, if only he knew. Um, four out of four stars, <laughs> coveted, almighty uh, top top marks. He says it is flawlessly crafted, intelligently constructed, strongly acted, and spellbinding. Movies like this are not merely difficult to make at all, but almost impossible to make well. Yeah, there you go. Um, and definitely agree with that. 
Um, just a nice little coincidence, Jason. Um, the uh, the new uh, Avatar movie that's you know just releasing today as we're recording it is currently also sitting at eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? So it'll be now interesting that's, to. Uh, we should just clarify the fifteenth of December Australian time. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Other parts of the world. So it's exactly the same, <laughs> is it? Eighty seven percent. At this point, yeah, these uh, the reviews are saying it's it's not uh, at two hundred and thirty two reviews yet, but it is at eighty seven. Um, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll put this out there right now. I do expect that to drop. I still the, the um, Avatar two will do well. <laughs> it will do well, but it is not making two billion dollars. I'm not telling you that right now. It will not. It'll probably crack actually, one uh, billion. It'll probably crack one billion. Not, not not to not to detract too far from the other uh, podcast already, but I just um, <laughs> was actually reading today about um. Mr. Cameron himself actually said that he, he says that it has to actually break the one billion dollar mark to actually break no, it. No, he says he said it has to break the two billion dollar mark. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I misread it. The old oh my fool. god, two billion. <laughs> well, uh, I guess they're going to lose some money on that movie. Then it's, it's just I don't know. I, I just can't. I mean, look, but I could. But I tell you what, Jason, if I am happily going to con- contribute towards their goal, um, so I'm, I'm happily going to buy a ticket for it as soon as I possibly can. Anyway, I'll, I'll get, check it let's... out. I'll check it out on Disney Plus in like six months' time. <laughs> Whatever. Nah, I've got it. I, it's a spectacle. I can't wait to put the 3D glasses on again That's and, fine. and get you, into that. You go cinema. enjoy yourself. Um, <laughs> awards. Anyway, Tell us about some awards. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apparently, it was a very popular movie, this movie, Titanic. Um, it was nominated for. 162 awards and out of that it won 111 of them um standouts it's yeah insane um i guess um lord of the rings return of the king is kind of you know in that kind of realm as well 162 Um, 162 162. yes it's uh it's crazy um so standouts um 14 academy award nominations that's amazing. Um, and it won 11 of them. Um, and the you know, big ones that won best director, best picture, um, editing, visual effects, uh, score, and original song, you know, plus more. Um, it actually, um, Gloria Stewart, who played Older Rose, was actually nominated for um, best supporting actress, um, which is amazing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, and it also uh, eight Golden Globe nominations as well. It won four of those including Best um, Director and Best Picture for Drama as well. Yeah, so, successful. Uh, oh, look, there's just high praise, high praise. Now, the franchise, huge, huge franchise. Um, no, <laughs> this is, of course, there, there will not be five Titanic movies, uh, much like the, the five Avatar movies, um, just yeah. the one. However, however, if you want to mm. get, I mean, this isn't the only movie made based on the Titanic, Titanic, you know, tragedy event. Um, there are True. other lesser films out there. Um, even, uh, you know, the occasional Titanic 2 that you can find. Um, <laughs> I, I, interesting to look into, but um, not a part of not a part of this. So certainly no franchise, no video games, no comic book adaptions, no television series. Nothing. How boring would the video game be? Oh, oh imagine. gosh. I wonder how just it ends. Walking up, to... <laughs> <laughs> just walking um, up and down yeah. the decks. <laughs> Although there is that there is that one shot Swimming. that kind of looks like a video game. <laughs> um, one one thing though, I mean, you could say um, as a kind of a fr- um, not franchise, but you know, like extension of it is it was the um, the Titanic live 
um, there's a lot of performance of Horner's original score. Like, you know how um, they roll out every now and then the, um, the oh, you know, the, so like, um, yeah. yeah, like the, the movie in concert, like you, you go and watch mm. the, the life orchestra with like maybe the, yeah. the film playing in the background or something. Yeah. Sure, cool. So, um, so the, there was a production called Titanic Live, um, which was presented at the Royal Albert Hall in London, um, which was in um, time for the 3D release in uh, 2012. So there is, you know, if you want to talk franchise and extension of that, that's about really as far as it really gets. Um, uh, I'm sure, you know, one day they'll make a um, sequel, not a sequel, a uh, reboot of this in 20 years once James Cameron's dead or something like that. But for <laughs> yeah. now, um, but for now, all we have is really uh, the Titanic Live, but also um, the re-releases. As you mentioned, um, it had its 3D release in 20. Uh, 12, um, that was actually in line with the 100th anniversary of sinking. Um, that increased the box office takings uh, to the 2.19 billion, which actually uh, actually became the second film to reach 2 billion, um, uh, which is only beaten by Avatar. Um, so Avatar got the 2 billion mark before it. But um, yeah, so oh, and, it was the first film Avengers to reach Endgame. 1 billion. And yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> just throw that one in, yeah, and that movie as well, I guess. You know, the movie that yeah, no, but um, Titanic. But from to the clarify, it re reached the uh, the second the second movie to reach the two billion before um, Endgame and Infinity War were released. Mm. So no. yeah, it was in twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in twenty seventeen, as we uh, we mentioned as well, um, uh, it was another release um, to commemorate the twentieth anniversary of the film. So the 100th anniversary of The Sinking and the 20th anniversary of the film saw some re-releases. Um, yeah. So it's been in cinemas. You should have seen it by now, people. You should have seen it in cinemas on the biggest screen you could have seen. Okay, that, that's worth noting. So what anniversary is it? It'll be the 110th anniversary of the actual sinking this year in 2022, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it yeah, would Of be, course, yeah. it would have been in, was it April? It was April, wasn't it? Let's go with yeah, that. I think so. Unless someone corrects me. I believe it was. Um, interesting, interesting. <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can correct us on um, Facebook or <laughs> yeah, email after the um, fact, or I can fact check, and <laughs> this audio would have been removed if uh, I was wrong. Um, anyway, so, um, look, cultural impact obviously, this movie was huge. I mean, when mm -hmm. when my parents are like, we have to watch this movie, it's it's on a different level, you know. Yes. Um, it's responsible for a resurgence in in generally just the popularity and public interest in the disaster. So obviously yeah, people, yeah. you know, looking and, and obviously like I mentioned, all those you know lower budget <laughs> sort of uh, Titanic films that came out, documentaries yeah. as such. Um, you know, people like James Cameron who like to go and uh, dive <laughs> and, mm. and look for things. You know, yeah. lots of interest there. In 2017, on its 20th anniversary, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. One yeah. of those. Not, not, not the only film that we've uh, reviewed. That Just one, one or two. <laughs> yeah. A couple of handles. Um, <laughs> um, but it's not a surprise at all, and it's um, quite fitting for the 20th anniversary for for that milestone. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, there's so many uh, memorable quotes that kind of with these kind of movies when they you know they leave such a mark on the landscape. Um, you know, everything's like you know, Jack screaming out, "I'm the king of the world." You know, that kind of stuff, or Iceberg right ahead. All of these I've used at some point, just as a you know. I mean, just, just around the, the house. Just the other day, you asked me to paint me like one of your French girls, and I was like, yeah. sure, yeah." 
I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think I've joked around with the, the wife before or it, when we've seen, you know, the dog laying down, you know, in a certain <laughs> pose and gone, paint me like one of your French girls, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure just, anytime you're, we're on, like, you know, like I'm, I'm talking generally here, when someone's on a boat and you go to the mm. front, like the deck, you got to do the thing. You got to do the king of the world thing, don't you? It's just like a rule. Yeah. If you don't do Absolutely. it, you're not really on a boat. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, you look like the the biggest loser when you do it, but, you know, it's fine. (laughs) But everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah, no, they know what you're Um, doing. But also, you know, these lines like, you know, paint me like one of your French girls or I'm the king of the world or new money, iceberg right ahead. You know, these are just some of the examples. The thing is, the reason why I kind of really put these here in the, the cultural impact is if anybody says this, just in random conversation, somebody says it, I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone who doesn't actually understand the reference or, you know, the in joke or what's going on with that, mm. you know? So it's, they're just immediately identifiable, um, you know, you know, and connected to this, you know, this movie that it's just really kind of captured the world um, for such a long time um, and such an impactful thing at the time as well. I mean, um, like even just, even just the, the idea of like an iceberg, it's like, mm. I think if people think, oh, okay, like you think of you go on a cruise, a ship, and in the back of your head, you're always thinking like, oh yeah, like what if we hit an iceberg? Yeah, <laughs> because that's like okay, I mean, how I... does this ship go down? Yeah. An iceberg. Um, <laughs> tell you what, I'll um, I'll definitely be going straight to the uh, the the lifeboats, and I don't I, I don't have long hair anymore, so I probably couldn't get away with the women and children rule, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be pushing pushing my way in there. Um, I uh, I'll tell you, every time I run into something. I always say iceberg right ahead for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway. Because um, you're a loser. That's <laughs> because this movie has left its mark on me. Oh, now, uh, you know, so, <laughs> some other things, you know, just the, the impact of this movie. Um, we can't really do a review of this movie and, and have a conversation about its impact without talking about the bloody de- door debate that we have. Yeah, um, so it's now definitely we are... something that comes up, but maybe we save it mm. until we get to when we start talking about the movie we'll get to the end of it but it definitely yeah. is like a point of contention every time this movie sort of mentioned or raised it's like there was yeah. room on that door there was room on that door but we yeah. will get to it and I'll, yeah. I'll, i'm curious to see where you sit or shall i say lay um with this, with this <laughs> point. um but I'm you know very, what like i'm very curious to hear your own as well but look this all right like legacy aside i mean this movie is obviously big it's a big huge blockbuster but at the heart of it i mean like it's a romance story like you cannot watch Mm. the movie and 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 not you know unless you literally start from when the iceberg hits but it's like it's a romance movie at its core um it's it's a whole period piece thing you know like 85 percent of this movie is set in 1912 probably more um you know like you've, you've got all the the clothing the you know, the mannerisms, the the people, the social class stuff, which we'll definitely dive into, all of that stuff. Like, we've got this period piece yeah. thing. And then thrown in amongst all of that is this disaster film. You know, like, whether it's a mm. meteorite, an earthquake, a flood, a fire, a yeah. ship, like, a ship uh, sinking. That's, you've got your disaster movie. There's, there's water, mm-hmm. there's drowning, there's coldness, there's people getting shot. 
people getting, you know, falling off things, hitting into stuff. Getting like crushed. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole half of this movie where it's like, cool, now it's a movie about survival. And, and it's mm. just, you know, like, what's the result of that? And the answer is like, well, you get this epic blockbuster movie. You know, with heart, yeah. with soul. Um, mm. You know, like there's obviously a creative side to it with all the aesthetic things, but then yeah. you get this action that you know, a James Cameron. He's proven, you know, like Terminator, True Lies. Mm. Like he can do the action, combine that with all the other stuff, and and it's just and it's crazy. But the question here is, mm. he's he's taken James Cameron himself. We know that he has this very strange obsession, passion for the Titanic, and like going deep in underwater he just loves water and diving yeah. into it. and again we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit um but so obviously this is coming from like a nice place like his his love for this disaster if you can kind of call it that um but essentially what he's done he has yeah. created well like the, the movie studio as well like they've created this movie this piece of entertainment out of this disaster um yeah. and i feel like there's obviously something to say um yeah, I mean, like we've there. There are some historical characters, like real life characters, yeah. featured in this film, and obviously the way they're depicted, there's a fictional side to it. But I mean, at the end of the day, like they were real people, what, and you know, there's some questionable what, things what in I, this film. Well, the, you know, what what I'd point out there is, you know, so yeah, you do as you just said. You know, we have historical characters, and and we are talking about a um, it's almost like a um, you know, a doc documentary element of like truth telling here with with the disaster like they um you do have characters that were really on really on the boat and they actually had real roles and the way that they're portrayed in this movie the dialogue so even so for example when the uh when the ship's hitting the iceberg the dialogue that you hear between the people in the lookout and the people on the deck and all of the actions that happen with it word for word and beat for beat is what was actually written in the logs after the impact by the, the crew because there's two hours before the ship sunk. Um, and so all of it was documented and Cameron's recreated it word for word, beat for beat. Um, so it's a, it's a real genuine reflection of the situation. But yeah, as you said, it's also tied in with this epic love story where you do have heart and emotion and stakes there emotionally, um, you know, with the characters as well as, like we said at the, at the top you know the world's ending around them these guys are trying to survive but also trying to stay together it's um it's just captivating it really it's yeah and, of, and, and of that's course, probably why it's it had such an impact and of course that side of the, yeah. the story is is all fictional like there's a fictional characters at the core mm. you know like the, the main storyline but mm. they very much could have existed amongst all of this i mean there were more than two thousand, you know people on that boat mm -hmm. um yep a story like this or similar to this would have definitely would have existed or could have, could have existed, I should say, not would have, but. Um, well, it's, and that's, you know, that's part of its beauty is it is a legitimately believable story. Um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, when you say, you know, it's a bit over the top in some, some parts, but which obviously we're going to talk about in and in and out, but um, ultimately, yeah, amongst all of this chaos, you could imagine, you know, two people who have met each other and, you know, they're trying to trying to survive together. It's and it would just disappear amongst the rest of the chaos that's happening. Yeah, um, and of course. I mean, there's yeah, we're, we're talking like emotion and stuff. Like, I, I mean, especially towards the end of the movie, it's like you know, people are dying, and then you know, we're watching this, and it's like I'm being entertained, 
it's like mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like watching a war film or, or something like that. it's like this is a real thing yeah. that happened real people died um you know n- not all of them were, were villains or evil you know people in any sort of way you know like there's you see children and you know babies and it's like they're dead like and it's like it yeah. is sort of and what i found you know like in this viewing like I think maybe it's part of like becoming a parent or just being older and just being a slightly wiser human being, I hope, is it's like, <laughs> oh, I found it sort of affecting me more this yeah, time than, yeah. than ever before, where it was yeah. sort of like, oh, I found myself struggling with the entertainment side versus the, mm. like, yeah, this was real and this happened to people and it's like, yeah, yeah I found it was like more of a struggle to, to just, enjoy the movie and the craziness of the disaster side of it and the, the you know the action side where it was like yeah no this is yeah and i just feel like hey, yeah it's... i feel i feel the same way where yeah i feel this this viewing you know at, with such a deep a big gap between when i last saw it as well um i was definitely looking at the disaster side of it and the struggles with a little bit more weight than perhaps i had you know when i was younger you know the t- decisions that people are making and the desperation it's it feels so authentic and so dire mm. um and yeah i mean i just i'll put it down to you know having no hair and being older you know? <laughs> i'm um, not quite there yet, but um but it, i mean look that's a testament to <laughs> obviously look as much as i like i bag you know avatar and all of that and you know but i definitely mm. have not a bad thing to say about james cameron and his ability to create Mm. a film and this film is an example of i feel like i'm showing my hands a bit here but it's like it's an example of like the fact that he can create something Mm. that seems so real and i'm so sucked into and absorbed into that it's like i'm experiencing that tragedy that happened you know 110 years ago through this film and it's like yeah it's real he's brought to life it is and then killed, it. <laughs> then killed it. But uh but brought it to life. <laughs> brought it to life and then um, sank it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good good analogy. Very, very well done. Um so let's start kind of looking into the movie a little bit more. Um just around its structuring a little bit and, and, and talk about that a little bit. What I wanted to to start with this time was um was around like you said you said before that you know 85 percent of this movie is a period piece and the rest is then you know set in the modern day well in 1996 for you know, modern for that anyway um now i thought this this was such an an incredible little uh i guess narrative device or, or um to tell you know way method of telling the story of you're bringing through you're bringing through all of that extra that information for the audience and it's you know, you, you get all of that extra clarification with the way that, you know, they, the, the crew bring up, bring you up to speed as an audience member, um, you know, with the sinking of the ship, um, you know, and, you know, the physical elements, you know, when they're doing that, that 3D rendition and you, you're learning a little bit about, you know, I guess the context of, of, of what's setting up, you know, the, the story and, and the characters before we even get to the period. Um, and that modern day setting, like, Although you're only there for, you know, like 20% of the movie, you do have that, you know, that narration from, um, what was the the actor's name? Um, Gloria, Gloria Stewart, who plays the older, older Rose, because her voice punctuates, um, you know, through even, even the, uh, the period points, um, you feel like it's kind of, kind of constantly connected to that modern day setting. Like you're, you're not too far removed. Like you do feel like you're on the journey being told a story as well and just the way that they they kind of you know 
um, like um, bookend, you know, the, the movie in that sense. Um, I just think it was a really, really interesting structure. Um, and even now, you know, watching it again recently, I mean, I don't know about you, Jace, but I, uh, I, I just, it's a, just a refreshing way of telling a story. Um, and I, yeah, I just, and, and, a, and a gentle way of easing you in and giving you all that extra context, um, you know, without, you know, dumbing it down, but also without, you know, I guess, overwhelming you with too much information. Anyway. Um, uh, great. So yeah, my, my take, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, yeah, yeah. My, my take on it. <laughs> you pretty much, you pretty much said it. Pretty much said it there. Like, of course, like you've got the bookend, and you know what? I always forget. I always forget that there's just a one. There's one little segment in the middle. You know, like a, you know the mm. the the drawing scene. You know, with the yeah, boots. that's right. Back, it cuts yeah. back, and it, it plays to quite a humorous um, sort of moment, and it's very uncomfortable and awkward. Did we? Did we? Did we, did we do it? <laughs> yeah. Did we um, do it? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but besides that, you know, like, and I always forget, like, just how long the opening of this movie is before we actually get to yeah. 1912. Like, I always think yeah. it's sort of, you know, a bit of a rapid fire setup, but it's like, no, no, it is pretty, it is pretty drawn out, yeah. but not in a bad yeah. way, not in a bad way. And like you said, lots of context. You kind of do get a bit of a history lesson. You get told what mm. happens to the ship at the start of the mm. movie before, you know, going into it. So it's not like, I mean, the approach could have been, you know, we just watched the period piece movie mm. and, and you know, that, that still would have worked and been effective. But I suppose, like, I think it is kind of cool, like, going into it knowing that it's like, oh, that's mm. why the ship breaks and, you know, because it's heavy yeah. there and that's that's what's actually what's happening when, you know, well, you get, you, when, it's, you get, when the you water's get, filling, you understand, oh, okay, you yeah. have more of an idea rather than just watching mm. them and them explaining it within. It's like, oh, you've already been given that preloaded information. And also, like, there's, you know, there's hints of, you know, you get the opportunity because you, the center point is the Rose character. Yeah. And to just know where she ends up sort of at the end, you know, like mm. when, when she's, like, you know, super-duper old, um, it kind of just adds a little bit more to her character, but you don't kind of, like you kind of uh, you still have some questions. Like when we're first introduced mm. to, to even before she first shows up, you know they refer to her as like, oh, she, you know, she goes by by Rose Dawson. And then if you pick up that Jackson and Miss Dawson, I mean, you kind of would assume, look, they must get married and live a happy life. Like so, you're thinking, yeah, yeah they're gonna make it. I mean, obviously we know Rose survives. You just assume mm. they're gonna make it. Um, so yeah, it does just add a whole extra element. And do you know what? It's all yeah. about, you know. James Cameron isn't just like um, I'm, I'm just gonna make this movie. Like mm. this was a big part of his life. Like like deep sea diving, doing yeah. this treasure hunting stuff. Like he basically is the Bill Paxton character or a type like that, where like he was yeah. around this technology. He was in those submarines. He's doing this stuff. There's there's documentaries where he's actually in you know like driving the subs and 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 doing that stuff. And then you know and then he did it again. You know like twenty years later. Yeah. Um, and he's always going back again. It has this weird obsession with water. Like someone needs to find out what's going on. Like he just loves water and big tanks. Making movies with big tanks of water. Um, you, you know, you know what is you know what his next movie is probably going to be like the next Avatar. It's probably going to be in the middle of the desert. No, it's just dry. You'll have to eat your sound. words. No, it'll, <laughs> it'll just be more water. <laughs> like <laughs> they go to a planet that's one hundred percent water. And it's just all water. There's no land, none at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's 
it works as a great storytelling device kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron gets to flex himself on like, you know, the, <laughs> the, the stuff that he's really passionate about. Like, I feel like that part of the movie is mm. very much him being like, this yeah. is what I've been doing. And now I'm yeah. putting it on screen. I'm making a movie about these treasure hunters that dive into the water. Like, and that's because that was his mm. life. Or a big part, yeah. a big aspect of his life. Um, yeah, so that's absolutely. Cool. absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's um, it is like it's interesting that you know his his hobby, I guess, or his interests, his passions, you know, deep sea diving and you know submersibles and things like that. And yeah, so he takes that and he somehow manages to source himself two hundred million dollars to make a movie. For, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> if, if, if only if only all of us could get that kind of those kind of resources to follow our dreams. You know? Hey, he's the um, Terminator Two guy. He can do it. <laughs> Give him the money. <laughs> but look, we do go yeah. back. We do obviously go back through Rose's storytelling. We do go back to nineteen twelve. Yeah. Um, the and I feel like that transition when we go back, it's just like oh, it's just like oh. it's a big. It's like you're on the the like the port and it's like the, the ships there in the background and you're just like yeah yeah this is this is epic this is big um and the score everything everything yeah. about that opening scene is as you transition into it and it's it's just magical with oh, the, it's, it's incredible with this obviously you know like there's the period piece thing it's not just all about you know like this movie could have just been about the ship sinking and there's people on it and they're trying to survive yeah. whatever but it's like they took the time to actually tell a story amongst everything, amongst the romance, amongst the, you know, the sh- ship going down, um, yeah. you know, really looking at, and I guess this is all coming from like that time, you know, school made me examine the shit out of this movie, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the, the different classes, the, the rich yeah. versus the poor, you know, that, that very yeah. crazy very division. Stark. The upstairs, yeah. downstairs. I mean, this was a period of time where it, it literally was. You know, you had your servants in the quarters mm. downstairs, and you had, you know, the, the wealthy ones like you know up top living their living their best life. You know, the masters yeah. of the universes, yes. <laughs> as yeah. as they say. Um, mm. So, th- like, there's this, this, this yeah. so much in this movie where it is, you know, like the the juxtapositions of the two classes and how they clash yeah. through the characters of Jack and Rose. Obviously you've got that division, the Romeo and Juliet type thing. Um, oh, yeah. he was, he was Romeo at one point. Um, <laughs> also died. Yeah. Also died in that movie. Spoiler. Well, I, I already didn't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, remember that time where like, it was, it was that era where Leo, Leo DiCaprio just kept, he just died. He just died in everything. Just always he died. died. Just died he was a lot. always a heart. The heart throb, and then he died. And then he yeah. died. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I but really the, appreciate, so, like, this movie doing, giving giving so much time to to that stuff, mm. which is... Well, it really fleshes it out, right? So, like, you know, you some on the top of my head, some examples are, you know, when um, they're boarding and you've got third, you've got the first-class passengers kind of walking on and, and, you know, they've got their servants, you know, sorting out their bags and all that stuff. Um, that's when you're really being introduced you know, for the first time to um, to Cal and Rose and that. And then as they walk on, the, you know, the shot moves and then you see someone getting their beard groomed, not groomed, but checked for lice. Um, <laughs> and, they're, they're, and they're like alongside each other and they're entering the same the same ship, but the first class um, just clearly don't need to worry about, you know, quarantine or anything like that. Um and it's actually funny because it's when Jack fair, runs though, on, to, it, to check them, like, oh yeah, it, 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 it definitely is. But um, yeah, you know, it's just 
you know, cl clearly the uh, the first class passenger is above it, you know. But it's not just that, you know, the dog's coming up to crap on the deck um, and in the commentary from Tommy, you know, saying, you know, de definitely, um, you know, makes you kind of feel like your place in the world, you know, they, they come up and shit on your, your area kind of thing. But, uh, and then, you know, later when they're running running along and the ship's sinking and Tommy says, you know, music to die for, now I definitely know I'm in first class, you know, yeah. they're running on that first class deck as well. But, um, yeah, just this, the difference between, you know, the dinner scene and then Rose coming downstairs to that party, which is just all loose and crazy. Yeah, you feel fun. Like the different and parts it's, of it's, energy and... Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely painting like the picture of just like you know, like the the poor are, are you know are more they're enjoying life, they're much mm. better spirits, they're just happier despite being poor. Where the richer, you know, like conniving and stuck up. I mean, not all of them, but you know, like generally speaking, mm. you know, there's still like interesting aspects of some characters. You know, obviously, like through yeah. Rose. You see her and her connection to obviously like Jack and entering that world and you know breaking mm. down those barriers. Um, but then you've got other characters, you know, like um, and like we're not going to get straight into them just yet. But just for context with with this thing, you know, like um, mm. uh, Mr. Andrews, you know, like Victor yeah. Victor Garber's character, where it's like he's yeah. genuinely friendly, not just to Rose, but mm. I'm, you know, like, he's quite he's quite kind to to Jack. And then interestingly. Um, um, Kathy Bates's character Molly, you know, yeah. like the, referred mm. to as like the new money. She's yeah. she's someone from you know the the lower class that has been yeah. brought into this world by you know let's call, we'll call wealth. it yeah, like, we're like finding wealth, married or whatever they say happened to her, married into money, um, and she obviously brings those sensibilities of you know like, and she's a bit of a bridging gap between the two, and she has yeah. so many moments where she gets to express you know just just mutual respect with jack there's no looking down on him she mm. is very much there to look after him as well like so yeah. you know it's it's not all you know the, the wealthy are bad but obviously like mm. they use it to to highlight a lot of them are stuck up snobby uh terrible people but but yeah. then there are some that are quite fun and delightful like the the guy that's like mm. the richest guy in the in the world um yeah who, again well, another, another, the richest another, guy on the ship yeah, yeah. another real um, character if i can find his name john jacob astor that's the one john jacob astor the fourth is, yeah. is um, it's played by eric braden um whoever yeah, that he, guy is and he you know yeah. like again it, it's like there's a thing about his his at the end you know at the end where it's sort of like he'd prefer not to wear the life jacket he's just like where you know we're dressed in our best and we plan to go down mm. in our best but I would like a brandy. So it's like, you know, there's a bit of yeah. humour to him. There's a bit of like, oh, yeah. And, and again, you don't see him mm. being, you know, like evil by wealth in any sort of way. So, you know, there's, yeah. some, there's some nice rich people, but then there's also just the worst <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a mix. But there's also, you know, you've also got, as, you know, to go back to the, um, the you know, the third, the third, uh, third class, sorry, um, uh, you know, party shindig that they have down there. You know, you also hear, you know, in those quiet times with Rose and her mum, you know, the dire situation that they're in financially and the mum's drive is like happily to sacrifice her daughter in order to keep that wealth. And they say, you know, like we're women, we we have to deal with this kind of thing. Mm. But it's not really just the case of their women, but it's also their women of that class 
where this is the world that they're in. They, they have to be subservient, all of that. Um, whereas, you know, you go downstairs and everyone's having a good time and everyone's together and everyone's no matter what. for themselves. So that's the, like, yeah. that aspect, I mean, th- I mean, that could translate into like a modern setting, but obviously mm. it works more effectively within this time because of that mm. situation. And it's funny because, I mean, th- th- like that scene and that exchange, that, that kind of gives some sympathy to like the, the the mother like to Ruth the mother Ruth, character because yeah. you kind of get where she's coming from but then they'll you know like yeah. they'll top it off later on where you know she's sort of like oh I hope that I hope they board the lifeboats by class you know like just things where it's just like yeah, yeah you're still a cow <laughs> like and yes, that's right but again you know like it was it, it was it was a thing of the, of those times where it's like there was yeah. such division and and not just you know, obviously the wealthy looking down on the lower class, but I mean, a look at how the majority of, you know, like the crew on the ship treat. Mm. Like, how long does it take them to unlock the gates, to to to, you well, know, to let the third class? To, well, like, that's to it. Some, some of them they did. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the way they're loading onto the, you know, the boats and the yeah, just the way generally they're treated. Like, you know, like you're a third class mm. ticket holder, therefore you don't belong here. Um, yeah. just yeah, just knowing by the way someone's dressed, it's like no, no, no. Yeah. Or mm. yeah, what about the very end? You know, like um, you won't find any of your people down here, you know, because yeah. it's all just like rags or whatever they're referred yeah. to. Yeah, it's- even, even after a massive tragedy where the, you know, 1500 people had died and yet they still, <laughs> they still like, you know, don't even bother coming down here. Like you're not going to find this is all steerage. Don't, yeah. Yeah. But then there's, like, you just- know, there's, there's some small little just bits of dialogue, you know, like, uh, the bit where, um, Oh, there's so many characters in their names, but that um the first mm. officer was his name where you know he throws the money back at Cal and says, like, your money won't save yeah. you much more than it will save me. Where it's like, yeah. you know, basically he knows that he's like, we're at the end here. And it's like yeah, it doesn't we are, we are it doesn't time, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you're super rich. Like mm. you don't have any other privilege or, or right to survive than anyone else. Like which yeah. is just one bit of dialogue, very powerful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, and it's, it's it's powerful there to um to Cal in that moment because then he realizes he doesn't have the leverage anymore. You know, that was yeah. something he he had the edge. <laughs> that and one that edge disappears. Yeah. This is that one lie where you know he, before when he's setting it up, he's just like, now, as you know, I'm a businessman and I have a proposition for you. <laughs> like, oh, oh, stop it! <laughs> like, <it's> like <laughs> you're so rich and I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so yeah, much. Absolutely. You're a glorious phantom. I mean, <laughs> You know, when he has the um the, the bit of the breakdown, he starts you know trying to shoot him, and then he you know runs out of ammo and he starts laughing. He goes, "Oh, you know, I put the coat, the the diamond in the jacket. I gave the jacket to her, yeah. and it's a multi-million dollar diamond." But he's laughing. Oh, because he's just like <laughs> yeah, this is hysterical. Yeah. But he's just like, yeah, it just doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it matters, but it's still not. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's. I feel like we we kind of transitioned into it, so let's. Let's officially start talking about the main characters and and yeah, uh, yes, some other ones as well. So look, let's yeah. give Kate Winslet some some shine here. Um, yeah, Rose. Like I said, you say say her surname. I can't. I can't. Okay, Rose. Dewitt Dewitt Bukeda. It's Dewitt Bukeda. I can't trust you because you said you say it wrong every time. So how do I know? No, no, but for sure. I tell you right now that that's, that's what it why is. she changed it to Dawson. It was easier. 
Dawson Calvert, definitely much easier. Well Dawson's done. Creek. Uh, Rose DeWitt Picado. I mean, that's what, you know, the joke's there. Well, know, I assume, um, I'm assuming the Jack Calvert part... Jack does say part... you're going to have to write that down for me. He does say that, so... Well, the Calvert part yeah. start like, she obviously, when she got married, she added that onto it. Yeah, of course. I suppose. Of course. I t- you know what, like, you know, speaking of, like, the wealth stuff, you know, and the stuff that you know, her mum was saying, that's like, we need this to survive, and it's like, Rose Clearly, proved yeah. that at the end... You know, she you know, moved on and I guess like she identified herself as a as a third class passenger. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't lived, use she uh, didn't use the wealth of the diamond. No, she, she never sold it. it. I mean, we didn't know she had it until the, the very end and obviously she didn't sell it, but she mm. she went on and lived a happy, fulfilling um what looked like a, an amazing life, you know, like Jack was talking about earlier, mm. you know, like yeah, about like how she can learn to ride a horse and stuff like that. And then later you yeah. see the, the picture of her riding the horse and you just know, oh, she lived the life that she wanted yeah. to. Like, and it's, it's, it's good stuff. But anyway, her character, so diverted there. Just want to yeah. throw that in there. Um, she's, so, she's a lost she's a lost soul at the start of this movie. Like, she really is in crisis. She, she's yeah. like a hostage. She is. I mean, that's, and they say that, you know, um, through the, the, um, the, um, the voiceover, the narration, you know, that she feels like she's in a room um, and all she wants to do is, like, no one's listening, all she wants to do is scream kind of thing. She's being ignored and all of that. But, uh, you know, we we see very, very early on, like, that um, she's not really happy, she's forcing a position she doesn't really want to be, and she, the whole point of the, the entire thing, the catalyst for everything that happens with her and Jack and, and that story and that connection all starts because she wants to jump off the back of the ship, you know, like that's, that's the point she's at, um, you know, and I think Kate Winslet's kind of portrayal of that, you do, you feel hopeless, like for her, you feel like she's trapped. There isn't really a way out of it. Not, not in those days. Like that's, she really is a slave to, um, you know, to the decisions that other people are making for her. Um, and I feel like, yeah, the portrayal really does nail that. And, you know, as, I mean, we've already mentioned it, but, like, her, I guess, like, showing interest in Jack, um, mm. you know, obviously falling for him, um, putting up resistance, like, trying to fight and being like, no, 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 we don't, you know, like, I, I can't keep seeing you, like, you know, I'm, I'm engaged, I'm going to marry Cow, blah, 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 blah. She's fighting it. Yeah. She's against it, but obviously, you know, the power of love, all that kind of stuff. Um, I know it's a different movie, but the yeah, the power of love is, <laughs> you know, like brings them together ultimately. And there's the whole thing with the the, the diamond and the, you know, yeah. like oh, I, I, you know, like how did you find out the truth? And it's like no, I didn't. I just believed you all along, kind of thing. And it's just like you mm. know, it's, it's great. I mean, there's so much happening in this movie. There's so many elements and things all mm. going all over the place. I mean, obviously, it is still a long movie, but. There's so much time devoted to their love story, yeah. That even if you step back and go, "Hey, this was over the space of two days," doesn't mm. matter. I'm all in. I believe it. I don't give a shit. I'm all for it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, the like, only the only issue yeah. I have with their relationship is they say each other's names way too much. Like Jack, no Jack, stop Jack, don't Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. And then it's like, Rose, you got to do this, Rose. This way, Rose, Rose, Rose. Like, literally, I swear. Is, we that, were... is, that, is that not a, is that not how people used to speak, though, in the early? I, like, I don't know. Was it, was it like a, a manners thing? <laughs> like, 
yeah, like a very proper way of. Oh, they're just. I felt it was authentic, but now that they you just say it, each other. Yeah. Oh, I swear, if you watch the movie again, you probably won't do it for a while, but you do it again. Just like, just think of how much they say each other's names, and it becomes really annoying. Uh, <laughs> Look, it doesn't well, ruin the movie for me, but yeah. my god, if this if it was some sort of drinking game, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> I would not survive. Well, it is, it is interesting, but I mean, you know, like it's a very um, well. Um, Put together movie and well written, so I would assume that the uh, the dialogue's kind of in line with the uh, you know you know it's, it's I don't think it's a it's an oversight. It's probably intentional, is what I say. But um, be interesting. I've uh, never didn't really notice it before, but now I'm definitely you can't unsee that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of Jack as well. I mean, you got Rose and Jack and Jack and Rose and Rose and Jack. Um, you know, you got you got you got Leo. So you got you know the chemistry between. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, I think it, it just feels so genuine. It's so real, you know. Like he's he's suave and he's confident, but he actually he's just giving a shit. Like he was actually smitten with her when he first see, sees her from afar, but then when this person is running past him, crying and about to throw herself off the shift, he makes a decision, and then he you know he he goes to to help her, but you know he's. That whole scene, as a, as she's about to jump off the ship, um, and he's you know like he's trying to get closer to her and talk her down, and you can see that he's been you know very deliberately like he he moves his goes to shut, throw his cigarette over the edge just to get a little bit closer, and then he gets a little bit more casual, and then he you know it's just you can tell he he's a, a, a person like the character the, the portrayal sorry is. You know he care he cares he's a genuine person genuine trying to help and he's he's in that moment invested in nothing else matters just invested in trying to save her life and it's not just because she's a pretty girl it's like he's a genuine caring guy you know i like that in that um, scene as well like his tactic to get her down mm-hmm. is is to use his smarts like to use his brain um and yeah, yeah look he does sound like a smart when when he's talking to it but you know he's using facts he's like when you hit the mm. water, it's you know you explain, and it's a little bit of setting up as well for later when you realize how cold it is. We talk about how mm. cold it is, like you know the impact when she hits the water, like it's not going to be great, like you're not going to yeah. you're not going to die, but like it will just hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, yeah let, and then you would yeah, have... let, let, and let me off the hook because I'm going to come in after you. Yeah, and it's like, like sort of just re- reasoning with her, like you know, like this is how it's going to be, just being real. Like, I mean, mm. he's he's definitely a happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, the the fact that he ended up on the ship in the first place was by pure chance luck um mm. but he brings that smarts with him and and it's proven in the dinner scene you know him and the rich yeah. folk and it's like he's holding a conversation because he has you know mm. like he's not he's not some dumb you know like just some dumb mm. idiot off the street it's like he's got some intellect to him and yeah yeah he's holding his own in the conversation and he's and he's saying thing and he's he's bringing a point of view that mm. is obviously against what like their way of life is but then they can kind of grasp it and be like yeah no that sounds free like freeing and and you know Mm. he's talking about just being on the road and like just having that freedom and then they you can see that the rich guys even though Mm. it's it's against their ways it's sort of like you know there's there's something wonderful about that and it's like yeah i can appreciate that point of view and that way of living almost like yeah i wish i had that that sounds Oh man, yeah. sometimes that would be a relief. And it's like, yeah, it's 
but yeah, he's using because it's like he's just bringing a different aspect of of the world yeah. through through his character. Well, it's a diff- yeah, different perspective, and it's like exotic to them, you know. Um, but it's not. Um, it's not. Uh, it's they, you know, in that moment, you know, he's holding, like you said, he's holding his own, and they're not regarding him as, um, you know, inferior in that moment. They're inf- they're regarding him with curiosity, um, mm. and. And he earns that kind of respect, but then you know clearly that that ends as soon as he leaves that table, kind of thing. Um, um, you know, and you know, even though the rich people are always, you know, polite all the way through, you know, when they he tries to break into the dinner thing, you know, the next day, and they're like, you know, they, they the bodyguard walks out and says they're very still tremendously thankful for everything that you've done for them um and here's some money you know on your way kind of thing like even that moment like there's just they the people of that upper class they have a certain image to be portraying at all times you know they're not genuine people you can you you can tell that everything is formalized you know um and jack is the complete opposite of all of that he is definitely a i mean he's almost like a flawless character like there's even mm. there's even the scene you know like when you know when Rose tells him to put the put the artwork you know in the safe and whatnot and mm. and, he, and he's there alone with it and he sees the sack of money and he even comments he's like whoa like you know he's never seen anything like that yeah but, I mean the the scene obviously cuts there and it plays as if oh what did he do but mm. you know you watch it and you're just like well he obviously didn't take any of the money like he had no intention of of doing that um, yeah. And look, maybe it would have been a different situation if you know Rose wasn't involved and he just found himself in one of those rooms with an open safe. Maybe mm. you know, like he would. Who knows? But obviously, like his fondness for Rose, he wouldn't do that to her. That would affect her. And he had no interest yeah. in the money. He didn't didn't need it. So it's just I don't know. He, he definitely is a is a flawless character. And maybe there's some faults there because it's like, is he too perfect? Is he real? Um, <laughs> but look, I reckon he was smart enough. He could have survived is sinking if not for rose but that's uh we'll get to the door we'll get to the door it's coming we will we'll cover it we will cover it so uh, what i wanted to say um was two things yeah the hand on the car the sex thing like yeah how many times i don't know how many times as as a kid or growing up or whatever you did that on the shower window you know like <laughs> two things yeah. first. it's like <laughs> yeah a hand on a hand on a yeah. foggy on a foggy window is either two things right it's either it's either Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm wiping, yeah, wiping the window, <laughs> looking at the T-Rex, or it's Jack and Rose having <laughs> sex in that car. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. It just depends um, what that, you do with your hand. Is it if it's like a boom and then a drag down? That's that's them having sex. Yeah, that's it because it is. It's you got to you got to the hand goes up a little bit and then just slowly down. It's uh, it's 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 a thing of beauty, it really it's, is. It's, it's that, that and um, Kate Kate Winslet's Wizard's boobs. We didn't really talk Whoa. about them too much. I mean, look, I, but, uh, uh, ah, we don't need to get <laughs> don't need to get bogged down and. Oh no, I was just gonna, no no. I was going to talk about how at 1997 I was uh, still in school, so they were very much like it was a not a taboo thing, like a um, you know, you go back to the school and you're like, did you see the Titanic? Oh my god, have you seen Titanic? <laughs> It was a, a talking point in the schoolyard. Definitely was. So it was very much a like, ooh, oh my god, you know. It was you felt very uh, <laughs> like you're breaking the rules. Very naughty for watching this movie at that point. Yeah. Um, and now it's just a, actually a pure appreciation for the art. Like it's a beautiful scene and a beautiful moment. It's actually really yeah. And I like how, we, I like how you, you yeah. turned that around. It went from just like us gushing over boobies to like 
You know what? No, it's a very artistic. Uh, very no, oh, no, just not just artistic, but like I mean, scene, shut like up. Ah, <laughs> oh, shut up. It's, <laughs> no, but no, but you're right though. Hole, you're not actually, <laughs> no, you're right. You're correct. Like it is. It is like there's so much more meaning to that scene than just like Kate Winslet got a rack out. It's you know it is. Well, she does it. Like she, she's purposefully like she's a very conservative character, and she's purposefully putting herself out there with somebody who is very well experienced in, you know, it's, in being adult. You know? anything, it's, so, it, I think it's like, she's meant to be seventeen in this movie. She that isn't get out. Kate Winslet's yeah. not. What? Kate Winslet's not. But the character, the character is seventeen. Yeah. What? Great. We but I mean, that scene, that, did we? I mean, like that scene, like when she does, obviously unroll. You know what? That's her breaking free of all of the constraints and the control that, Mm. and that conservatism that, is that the right word? That sort of is keeping her at bay. So, like, it is an important scene. Cool. Well, it's a fundamental to her character. That's <laughs> it's really important. Can't like, remember it. You have to keep it. <laughs> it's, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I mean, it wouldn't be the same movie without that. Because it's actually jarring as well. You don't expect nudity to it'll all of a sudden appear as well. Yeah, but it's not gratuitous. It, it's, it's tasteful. No, no, no. Like, that's but, what I mean. It's done, it's done in a yeah. very artful way. But you don't. I still don't think you, up until that point, you don't think that that's what you're going to end up with. Mm. They foreshadow with with his um, artistic style from when he was in Paris, but you see it. But I just don't feel like. Well, I mean, no, no, actually, well, they foreshadow with the photo with the picture they find at the start. But I just didn't think that you were going to get to that moment. Like, yeah, well, I like that. yeah, that's it. When I was when I was watching it for the first time, now it's something that you actually look forward to, I guess. <laughs> Instantly, <laughs> obviously. <clears throat> Okay, so moving on. Old, <laughs> um, who, who else was in this movie, Jason? You also um, had Old Rose, didn't we? Do you want well, to talk about Old Rose? I mean, look, oh, Old Rose is is basically Rose, just old. Um, she's obviously lived a full life. There's, mm-hmm. you know, she she. I mean, it's it held out to the very end of the movie, but she's she. It's revealed that she has the the diamond, um, mm-hmm. the heart of the sea, and she has she never had any interest in. In becoming using it to become wealthy and rich again, like I, like I said earlier, like she obviously lives a full yeah. life through those photos that you see. She learned to fly a plane, ride a horse. She obviously had a family. Yeah. She, you know, married, had grandkids. You know, fantastic, and mm-hmm. all of that. And it's like you know, and obviously telling a story. She's really, really old. What more can you say? What more can you say? She is rose. Well, the only, the only thing I'd say is that you know she she was such a the portrayal is really cool because it's quirky. There's a bit of humor in there, um, you know. Like, thanks for that very forensic analysis. You know, whatever. <laughs> did, we well, just, <laughs> yeah, did we do it? You know, it's just you know, and the way she throws the heart of the ocean back into the you know in the water, she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> as if it was a, not, like you know, just faux accident. Um, but um, did you know that? Yeah, Gloria, Gloria Stewart. Yeah, I think I mentioned at the top that she was actually nominated for a um Academy Award. For the best supporting actress, yeah, it's good for um, and and she was, you know, she had a previous career, um, that had, you know, she kind of retired at this point. She was, um, she was in her, well, she passed away in twenty ten at age a hundred or one hundred and one or something like that. Anyway, I think, um, so she was, you know, eight late eighties nineties when this, you know, when um, you know, when this was filmed. So to hold her own and to 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 uh, to get you know that kind of acclaim. Uh, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty impressive. Good, good honor. Absolutely. Um, 
and you know, now without her, we wouldn't have the amazing meme of, you know, it's been eighty years or whatever. <laughs> One uh, of my favorite memes of all time. That's right. Do you want me to tell the story? Or not? Yeah, she's pretty funny. Um, look, um, <laughs> Billy Zane's character, Cow. I mean, oh, he's, he's such a good bad guy. He's, he's the rich fiance that you that you love to hate. Um, yeah, and it's it's crazy because even when I see him in roles where he's playing a protagonist like character, you know, a good guy. Mm. Uh, this movie just made me hate him always, and it's not his fault. It's, he did a really good job. Like I, I just always see this character. He just plays such a smug, rich, entitled, and there's so many choices that he makes in this movie that you're just like, he's just a swindler. He's a swine. He's a yeah, you know, like from bargaining, using that kid. I mean, at the end of the day, he saved that kid. So I mean, good for him. But <laughs> it's just well, kind of. But then he just gives the kid to somebody. Like it doesn't matter. The end result kid. was yeah. The kid was saved, so I mean, I give him points for that. But <laughs> yeah, um, now look, there's, there's so many things about this character that obviously you just hate, but that's the point, you know. Like mm. he, you know, his, his view on what a, a wife or fiance should be is yeah. obviously, you know, from that time and should stay there. Like you know, like the the argument that they have where he screams and does he hit her? I forget. He he flips the, her, yeah. He, yeah, and he flips yeah. the table and all that kind of stuff. It's all flips the table. He slaps her, and he also tries to shoot her. So <laughs> super loving fiance. This guy's, uh, yeah, ten points. I mean, I, we got like ten points to Gryffindor. Well done, Slytherin, some, probably. Actually, there's some redeeming moments with him, though. Like he has his ticket onto the lifeboat. It's there, you know. Like mm. it's like he's been waved on. Like, come on, get on the boat. You can you, you get on. And it's like, mm. no, nope, you know, his bodyguard mate is like, we found Rose on the other side, blah, blah, blah. It's like, he knows that it's like, he needs to make sure she's okay. And he goes, you know, he's even battling with himself. He's like, damn it. Like, and he, and yeah. he gives up his spot and he's like, I'm going to go get it. There are moments, yeah. there are moments for him. But then ultimately, he obviously, like, you know, he's, he puts himself first when he realizes that you know, like, there's no, there's no hope there. But look at the well, very not, end. Not just he that, even, you know, like he, he, tries he to conspires with his bodyguard for you know, with the diamond. You know, of like, course, you see, you know, that like I have an idea, and you know, like, the very next thing you see is they're putting the bloody diamond in the jacket. And well, all this that, whole so. thing, like, you know, it's all about like I can't remember. Like, it might be his mate who says it, but it's like you know, I make my own luck. You know, as he's holding. Oh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he's holding the gun, but it's the same sort of mindset, like. If you want, you know, if you want something as well, like you've got to make it happen, and that that comes down to yeah. like being manipulative, making deals, you know, like having yeah. arrangements. Yeah, um, whether someone else benefits from it or not, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's all, you and get, that's you, you don't get rich from being a nice guy, Jace. Well, well that's it. Well, that's it, and mm. and then I guess like what comes with it is is Rose's mum, Ruth, um, yeah. played by Francis. Fisher and look, she's just yeah. that other element that of of like the bad side of the of the wealthy, mm. where you've got. And again, you know, we mentioned her, her motivations as such, but then there's still moments where, you know, mm. like she definitely looks down on the other classes. So she has very few redeeming moments of, um, of that. Even you know, like well, yeah, like- she yeah, she she you're absolutely right. She's um, she doesn't come across in any way as sensitive to anybody else's situation, only really her own. Um, and, you know, the way that she, she, you know, she's a bit of a drama queen, the way that she says, acts as if it would be the end of the world if she was to get a job kind of thing. You know, like 
Mm. Um, like, and also, like the, the women of this age, you know, appear to not have any agency or anything. Like they don't really appear to have any drive other than be, you know, I guess, like like, like even I think her mum said, um, why why does Rose need to go to university? You go to university to meet a good husband, but Rose <laughs> has already got one. So like, yeah, you just don't. I mean, I understand it's that's the time that that's the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Ruth just completely embodies that world and that culture, I guess. Um, so well done, Francis. Um, <laughs> Francis, yeah. Yeah. I, I also hate you. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I hate you. Always... Hate you tremendously. No, but Thank you that, so much. That is obviously, it's obviously the, the point. Um, mm. Yeah, I think like, I think like the big moment is, you know, they're on the lifeboats. There's her, there's Molly. And, it, you know, Molly's the one, you know, the new money standing up being like, that's our men out there. Like, we've got to go back, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And obviously be, she's obviously subdued in fear of just like, you know, like if you don't sit down and shut up, like I'm going to throw you off this boat. And then she obviously yeah. has no chance, no no other option no to, choice. to back down. But I mean, like Ruth is there mm. and she knows that it's like her daughter is still on the ship. And yeah. she has no intention of being like, yeah, we got to go back or anything like that. So she, she just yeah. sits there quietly, if, silent. In fact, if you um, if you actually, yeah, you look at you look at um, Ruth in that moment. She's actually got her ears. She's covering her ears with her hands, so she can't hear the sounds of the, the everyone screaming. Mm. Um, which I noticed for the first time watching it this time. Uh, which was, yeah, I mean, what else do you do in that situation if you don't have any drive to go save your own daughter? Um, like as in your, your your priority in that point is your own survival, then you put your head in the sand and what do you do in that? Yeah. Like the only way to do that in that situation is to cover your ears and am, pretend am it's I, not happening. Am I making this up? But is there some, like a, a line of dialogue where, where it might be Ruth or something where it's sort of like, I, like I think they say, all right, I hope the screaming stops soon or something. Or did I make that up? Um, I think I made that up. But I feel just like... before, just, no, just before the ship sinks, um, um, mum tells the kids that it will be over soon. Maybe that's well, what maybe you're that's it. No, I don't know. I did I, again. I might just make it. I just feel like one of the characters was sort of like, and maybe maybe it was just Ruth because she was blocking her ears. But it was sort of like they were. It was like the screaming of people dying was like an inconvenience to them. Unless it's a completely different movie that I'm just making. Like I said, I just making moments up that didn't exist. But. Well, if you if a, a bit of um, some factual information about the, the, the Titanic, the actual you know what happened on that day, um, the the officer who actually gets that one boat and goes back into to save people, Mister Fantastic, um, played yeah, Mister Reed Richard himself. <laughs> um, he actually in that did happen, but they actually purposefully waited for it to quieten down because they didn't want to get swamped. Um, and when he says in the in the movie, we waited, we waited too long. long they said that that's that was an acknowledgement um that came out of them like the people there were seven people in that boat fight like six of them were officers and one was a man just a normal man um and uh yeah they reflected like yeah we we shouldn't have waited because you know, what i know people, people wouldn't have even been able to climb into the boat because they were so yeah. cold let alone yeah they wouldn't have been swamped well, but, what um, i noticed in in this in most recent view and i was like his character actually and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure his character doesn't even show up on screen until they start loading the lifeboats. Like he's not wandering around. No, he, appears, he appears once or twice. You see, does him. he? Okay. Because I was looking yeah. out for him just, just because I was. 
And then, yeah, I, I actually didn't him. know he was in it. In, I didn't realize he was in it until uh, I was watching it just this time. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And, you know, Laura, Laura and I were both watching it and going, going oh my God, it's Reed Richard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does look so young. <laughs> is, uh... um, that's actually only his second role, too. Mm. All right, another um, another character, one of the one of the true real historical characters, Captain Edward Smith, played by Bernard Hill, and as the as the title would indicate, captain of the ship, um, <laughs> infamously, much like uh, any good captain would, goes down with the ship, as the unwritten yeah. rule goes. Um, I mean, there's not too much to this character in terms of like uh, things that he really really does. There's just some, I suppose, like some profound moments towards the end of the movie where he is sort of coming to terms with his fate, and I guess, mm. um, I guess, like being almost being like given, you know, you know, like they you know, like I am in charge of this thing, and it's all going to hell. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, um, and evident in the in the moment where that you know woman goes up to him and it's just like, what do we do, Captain? What like tell us? Tell us what we can do, and he just he just walks away mm. because he's like, without saying anything, he, it's just like I don't know, I <laughs> don't come to me. <laughs> like, yeah. how, how am I to tell you? And then, yeah, bit of a yeah, cool way to go down. Uh, pretty well, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a very dramatic scene when he passed away. Um, you know, like he he clocks himself into the room and then the water you know the ship's really sinking very quickly you see the water even as he's walking in the room you see the water like starting to rise on the windows and it's just brilliant um and then you know the windows break all at the same time and he reaches out for the wheel and then you never see him again um what you do you see him right at the end he's one of the last people you see um but um i i mean Bernard Hill, he's a he plays. Um, you would know this because you're a huge fan of it, Jason. Um, he plays uh, Theoden in um, Lord of the Rings. So, uh, and that's one. Of my, he's one of my favorite characters in that that series as well. I just he, he's he's. I'm like I don't even know which character. I'm like who is that? <laughs> um, but with, with this, I feel like um, you know it, it, he plays towards, especially towards the end of. Um, you know, just before the ship's sinking and before he par- like passes, it's actually a similar kind of um, characterization like that he that he portrays because both of them but are you know a little bit wounded and a little bit um, kind of overwhelmed uh, you know by the by the situation and they I, th- I feel the way that he portrays his ca- this character is that he you know he resigns to the fact but he is very bewildered you know those those last couple of moments you see him he's he really is at a loss, you know, and he can just see that after all the conversations earlier in the movie about, you know, um, you know, just getting a headline, you know, to, to arrive earlier and he's been a bit reluctant, but he still does it all. And all of this kind of sits on his shoulders and, you know, there's 1,500 people there who aren't going to make it because of him. Well, and I feel that, that you can guilt. see that in the portrayal. Yeah, the, the guilt of it. Um, so well, that leads I think us it's into, brilliant portrayal. That leads us into Bruce. Ismay, uh, played by Jonathan Hyde, who will always be, to me, always be the dad from Jumanji and Jumanji, absolutely, and, and yep. Herbert Cadbury from uh, the Richie Rich movie with Macaulay Culkin. Oh yeah, oh, it's such a good movie too. Oh, is, I love that movie. It's just just crazy when he plays like this, this <laughs> very 
I don't know, just very um I mean I, I don't know, he's not necessarily evil, but it just big mistakes. Big mistakes that are huge. <laughs> um, and then a little yeah. bit conniving towards the end when he sort of just like takes his spot on the on the lifeboat. Mm. But um obviously like another real yeah, character, you know, like involved in designing the the ship and, and have you know bringing it to life. Um mm. you know essentially selling it to the world you know like like you said like he wants to push for you know getting headlines having people talk about the the ship and its voyage and all that kind of stuff and obviously yeah. ultimately leading the ship to its to its end it's because of those yeah. those errors but um mm. i mean again a, an interesting character to have in the film to have our characters inter like our, our fictional characters interact with purely because you get a little bit more information and historical stuff about the ship and i guess what was sort of going on and yeah you know, a part of the designing and the you know the the glory the glory of what titanic was before obviously mm. the the infamous glory that it that it then received um pretty good performance yeah by him as well and, and i mm. i just i noticed when watching this recently like the just the 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 time invested in that bit when he does get on that lifeboat and then it starts yeah starts moving down and it's like when you see having... Murdoch looking at him just even like evil just giving him the evil death but still stares. just it's... like yep yep, yep. Mm. but we linger on him we linger on yeah. my eyes as it goes down you know like it, mm. that scene could have just been he gets on gets the sneer cut and then move on but it's just like it really takes a moment to let that sink in and it's like even yep. he's like I feel like a piece of shit I've done it yep. But I'm scared, and I'm I'm doing this, and it's just like all of these emotions are coming through just on this one lingering shot of him because yeah. it just gives you that time to interpret and I guess mm. assume, uh, which is dangerous, but assume what he might yeah. be thinking or feeling. And, and well, yeah. I mean, the portrayal from Jonathan Hyde is, is pretty spot on in that moment. Like you see, he looks ashamed, but he also looks terrified, um, and it's a co- conflict where. Yeah, like it's, it's, he can't win. You know, so yeah. he either dies or he he's a coward. But um, but his fear is, you know, that fight or flight. It's take, taking, you know, it's taking yeah. his control, and he, and he and he does something he's not proud of, but he can't stop himself from doing it either. Look, definitely um, his role in this movie and um, playing Van Pelt in Jumanji, which obviously yeah. Oh, which he obviously also plays as well as the dad. Um, yeah, his two best roles. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I agree. But um, um, but um, Butler Cadbury is um is a very close third. Cadbury. I would say, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of uh, um, you know, uh, ranking people on the boat and and the shipbuilders and the owners, I guess we'll just move on to Thomas Andrews quickly. Um, so Victor Garber, um. He he was not billed very high on the um the the credits at the end. I was very surprised. He was like you know. I mean, look, at least the twentieth name. There's a lot but, um, of characters. There's a lot of people. There, there really is. Um, but uh, oh, such a cool character, just a friendly, genuine guy. He understands. You know, it's it's his baby. The ship, the ship is his baby. Um, and he has such a, I guess, a and really like a touching relationship with Rose, like a personal one. Even though there's all these first class ca- passengers that are schmoozing with everybody, and 
he has a real connection with um, yeah, with Rose he, because you know he's he tours around with her and he she's learning from him and she's observing and I think like because that, yeah. she's asking questions and she's inquisitive and she's showing an interest but he develops mm. that fondness for it because he's just like yeah like I get to express like mm. my you know obviously he has such a passion for what he's built and all that and yeah. it is heartbreaking at the end you know like where he says mm. to her and you know he is kind of you know he's being sort of humorous in his delivery but. At the same time, there is a, mm. a, something sincere that when he says, you know, sorry, I didn't build you a stronger boat, it's like, yeah, he's like, well, it's a throwback I, to an earlier statement where he says, I built you, I built you this, a, a strong boat, you know, dear Rose, don't, don't worry. Mm. And then, you know, they, their parting words are, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't build you a, a bigger one. And then they wish each other good luck. But, you know, he, he sees her two or three times before while the ship's sinking and he says, get yourself to a boat because he knows that there's not enough. And he knows that you like they have an unspoken thing in that. He was the one, one of those moments. He was the one that told yeah. her earlier about. Yeah, he goes. You remember what I said about, and he doesn't say it that there's not enough boats. But he goes, you remember what I said about the boats. Yeah. And she, you see the realization on um, on Kate on um, on Rose's face, and you're like, yeah, like they're yeah. Um, he all he wants is for her to get on the boat, and he sees her twice <laughs> again, <laughs> and she's not on a bloody boat. <laughs> get on the damn boat, um, woman. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is it is quite um it is quite sad like the the lifeboat situation and, and you know I, again mm. it's sort of the 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 I guess like the belief yeah. in in the structure that they had built and I'm talking the real world situation here like the structure they mm. built and wanting to prioritize aesthetics over um you know actual requirement to only have half the capacity of people being able to fit on the boat and then the actual end result mm. because of all the chaos and the tomfoolery and dickery that only a quarter mm. of the people got on boats and were saved yeah is, that means there's still there was still like 500 plus people that could have gone yeah. on boats and, and didn't or couldn't or yeah because they weren't they weren't managed they um you know in, in the real in the real world you don't see it in the movie but they um they were meant to do a drill on the boats they, they only did one before they um, the crew did one before they disembarked but then they were meant to do a um a crew and passenger drill on like the sunday or something um and they did they cancelled it for some weird reason that no one knows oh, really sure. why so obviously um, they, they so knew how these... to they knew how to lower the boats <laughs> and that was pretty but, only, but, the, but the crew had only done it once so yeah. they yeah they were all kind of green um so it wasn't really the most efficient uh system um, well, not system. Um, it wasn't managed. It was managed as well as it could be, but yeah. yeah. Um, but in the movie, you see that. You know, you see the chaos. You know, moving from you know Victor Garber and that amazing portrayal, and you've got um, uh, Ewan Stewart plays um, Willie Murdoch, First Officer Murdoch. He's the one who ends up by taking his own life out of guilt. But what you see there, like you've got him, him, and then you've got there's another, the other guy on the other side, and we didn't write his name down, but he was one of the only officers to survive. Um, I think his name was like um, Lovegood or something like that. But anyway, they they do two different things. One, Murdoch actually lets men onto the boats when, when there isn't anybody around, um, whereas the other guy is very strict and says only only women and children, only women and children. Yeah, like he's um, pulling he's pulling a gun out and it's, it's just like yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like order. He, it becomes yeah. it becomes really order I yeah. say order, <laughs> um, but yeah, but the but William Murdoch, the, um, the patrol, he's he's the one who's actually in charge of the boat when it hits the iceberg. So he's the one, you know, screaming commands of you know like 
hard to starboard and trying to swing, you know, the back end of the boat around the behind, you know, yeah. around the, the thing. Um, it's obviously, again, and, like the guilt playing on stuff and then obviously when he ultimately, yeah. you know, kills the Irish fellow and it's... it's and he takes his By life. accident, by accident. Like he shoots that other guy and then in yeah. all the chaos, the Irish fellow gets pushed and it's like, bang, takes his own life. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's a real-life historical character, like, or person. He is. Um, there's a bit of controversy with with this element of you know we're talking about like mm. uh, like creating entertainment out of um, mm. this real life tragedy, taking liberties, all that kind of stuff. Like obviously like the the family mm. of of um, of William Murdoch, you know the way he was portrayed. Obviously, like there was a, this scene here shows some weakness, mm. some cowardice, or at least that can be interpreted. Um, James yeah. Cameron actually like apologized personally apologize i think there was some sort of yeah. arrangement made and stuff like that um but then you know cameron's sort of yeah, i suppose did. argument or defense was it was like you know the intention was never to have him appear cowardice it was more just like you know he he, he had found himself like defeated in that moment that it was like mm. what he was doing his actions it was the only way he could cope with it and the intention was yeah. never, you know, like, because it was like the real life situation was that they were using guns to control the crowds and the people to mm. keep them at bay. And, and things did happen and accidents were, yeah. were a thing. And that's what he was trying to portray. And it had nothing to do with the individual person yeah. as such. But yeah, yeah, it does get murky when you start doing doing things like this well, with real people. I, I, tr- I truly recommend, you know, if anyone is actually interested in, you know, learning more, like, Read in it, read read about these um, historical characters that are in in this movie because the portrayals are pretty accurate, but there are still a few grey areas. For example, there are mixed reports whether or not Murdoch did um, commit suicide, but some people say yes, some people don't, and that's why there might it was a bit of controversy. And Cameron did have to um, apologise a little bit because there, it isn't a hundred percent sure whether or not that was the well, outcome for him. Uh, creative liberties but, and and you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. But Cameron At the end of the day, say, a film. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And Cameron did say anyway um, that you know, true, true to um, all accounts, um, Murdoch actually managed to get all of his boats re- um, released. You know, which was an amazing achievement. So, like, even though the, the ending, you know, there's a, there's a tragedy there with that character. Um, you ultimately, what the, the way that the story is telling it, and the way that it actually did happen was. Murdoch himself, that that person, that real person, did actually succeed in that moment. He was he was a hero, but you know, he still there was still under you know incredible circumstances that almost nobody could handle. You know, yeah. so um, you always feel like yeah, brilliant portrayal though. You just feel mm. um, Ewan Stewart. He's just he's wounded. The moment you realize he's explaining to the captain what just happened, they've hit the iceberg, and from that moment you can just tell he's. It's just loss after loss after loss. And yeah. yeah, you just feel for a great portrayal. And you also forget, character. like, pretty much from when the iceberg hits in this film, I, I almost feel like the movie plays out in real time um, and things are happening quick, you know? Like, you would yeah. think, oh, yeah. it, it takes hours for the ship to sink, but it's like, mm. it takes like it's one like hour, hours. one or two hours, yeah. yeah? Like, for it to pretty much yeah. like, be gone completely. So it's, um, you know, like, imagine being in that situation. Like, it couldn't have been easy. And I'm sure people did things that, you know, they wouldn't have done if they had a bit more time to sort of just have a level head. Um, but of course, we can't can't apply it to this one individual mm-hmm. character. Who knows? But I'm sure there was 
or there were mm. characters or people. I keep calling them characters when they're you know if they're real. That would have gone through yeah. things like that. All right, how about we how about we jump into the the music? Um, the yeah, score, yeah, let's do that. Um, the Celine Dion of it all. But no, we'll, we'll start with we'll start with James Horner. <laughs> and look, he's yeah. he's using that Celine Dion song and um, incorporating it into the score, which is also oh yeah, I mean, it is the it is the Jack Rose theme essentially, but. Yeah, what James Horner is doing with this with this film um, is, I mean, this is there's just some magic here. Um, obviously, oh. keeping the music timely, period. Um, mm. Sort of, I don't want to use the word accurate because <laughs> who knows? You could be using mm. instruments that are outside of that time, but it, it sounds of <laughs> it sounds yeah. of the time, which is, which is cool. And again, yeah. this movie where we're talking about. We need something to uh, play into the the romance of it, to play mm. into the period setting, but at the same time, he's scoring a freaking action disaster film. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm just gonna say, end result, he pulls it off. Mm. Like, oh, he absolutely does. Like, if you can, like the the, oh, it is definitely a score. Like, I mean. We discussed it earlier, you know, off the air earlier today. Like I've been listening to the uh, soundtrack, you know, all day, um, and it is, you know, in its core, it is like the, the melodies are, you know, so entwined with like the love story, but the way that he, the way that he blends that in with, you know, the tragedy and, you know, the loss of it all and the action as it's all unfolding, it's just a brilliantly paced soundtrack. But that's that you know the the motifs from um you know that are derived from the you know my, my heart will go on they're they're evident throughout the whole thing and then there's also an extra level of you know that scene in Southampton as you as you're first entering it back into the past that's not the my heart will go on you know um motif but that's just an, a different element of just this fantastic like just epic scope and scale. Like you can't help but feel uplifted and you know inspired listening to it, which is what those people would have been. You know, going onto looking at that boat, the biggest one of its kind, and going on it, it was just bigger than life. And that's what that you know the other part of this this score is. It's mm. and it's incredible. Oh, I love it. I love it's, it. I've, even before even before my recent viewing and watching, you just remembered it being really good. Oh, just, but the, this yeah. movie is a is a great example of when. You know, like uh, repetitive scores uh, or like motives, certain segments of of a score are, mm. are reused, um, and they take advantage of that in this to create to create emotions mm. through memories of something that happened less than three hours ago. <laughs> like you're watching this movie, yeah. things are happening, you're getting attached, you're experiencing things, mm. and then at the end when they're bringing back certain cues of music and it's like you're having flashbacks in your own mind to something that just happened an hour ago. And it's, mm. and it's like, I'm feeling something because of that emotion. I felt that it's like, this movie does it, it like with this score, it, it, it just, mm. it does it. And then Absolutely. you top it off with that Celine Dion song, which look, at, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not saying that song's on my Spotify playlist or anything like that. I don't go out of my way to, to listen to it. It's a fine mm. song. It's it's awkward and it plays over the credits and I, get I like it. it. It works. I like it. And it when works. you watch it with the film clip, because they intertwine it with the mm. um, you know, shots of the movie. It works better as itself. like the musical element of it. 
I mean, yeah. with the with the lyrics, I mean, I'd, I'd take it as a song. Again, it's fine, nothing against it, but mm. again, obviously not really my speed. That's weird, but it, I think I definitely prefer the score to the, the song. Score, but yeah. I do the score version like, of the song. It's a, it's a powerful song though, so I do like it. And it's actually, you know, it's composed by um by um oh who's the composer of the the, the score? Oh my gosh, no Horner. <laughs> Horner, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's actually composed by Horner, but it's also composed, um, well, no, arranged and produced by another guy named Simon um, Franklin, 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 sort of G L A N in it. Um, he's actually the composer now for the new Avatar movies, and he was a bit of a protege and worked with Horner, you know, throughout like their career together. Like, if you're looking looking to him, so Simon um, was it Simon Franklin. And the reason I point that out is, you know, just to kind of pay, I guess, a bit of a, a tribute to Horner because Horner passed away in like 2010 or 2012 or something like that from a plane accident. He crashed his own plane. And I have to admit, like, you know, the Avatar soundtrack, this one, the, you know, Horner really has got some such amazing, impactful scores behind him. Um, so I was very sad when he passed away. Mm. But um, I'm also, I feel like, you know, some of the properties moving forward, like, avatar for example um moving forward you know it's going to be in the hands of somebody who is influenced so strongly so we should see a, a similar product for some of these other james cameron movies coming up it just yeah but going back to the movie that we're actually talking about um you know titanic not avatar um i do yeah the, this score itself and what horner produced it's just one of my favorites of all time and i could have it playing in the background at all times um forever you know all day um, it is it is truly brilliant. It's a, it's a I mean, of mine. we always give high praise to like a score that if you were to hear it, you know what it's from, and and this one is mm. definitely one of those. I mean, it's not the yeah. it's it's not the only reason a score is great for that reason, but that is it yeah. falls into that category of like identifiable, borderline yeah. the, the iconic kind of um, thing. All right, that's the music. Uh, visual effects. Oh yes, water, water everywhere. Mm. <laughs> so much water. Absolutely. Lots of water. Huge giant tank in Mexico, apparently. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, is it, uh, a huge, um, actually, and, you know, they had scale models um, and, you know, um, full-size models you know, in this big bloody tank and stuff. Interestingly, the first, like, well, we will continue with the visual effects, but just to give you a little bit of a trivia, Jace. Um, the first uh, scene that was actually shot was actually the, um, the portrait scene because it took so bloody long for the rest of the sets to get built. So they were trying to fit as many different scenes in as they could on different sets, you know, while they're waiting for this big giant tank to be built. Yeah. Um, um, so the very they first just had a, that, They had a um, hose just running, trying to fill it, and they're like, it's not, it's not filled yet. It's not filled yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the very first scene that um, uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio had together was that scene, was, was the portrait scene, which would have been... Like, you know, they'd rehearsed together, but truly that would have been um, a, quite an intimidating experience, I would say. A bit of a um, bit of an icebreaker, uh, <laughs> like, much like the ship. Oh, no, that's it's too soon. Oh, no, it's part of it. But the um, fun fact there, the, the drawing, like the hand that you see drawing like the pictures is James Cameron's hand. It's, yeah. not, it's not Leo. It's not a stand-in. Well, it is a stand-in, but it's, you know, it's, mm. old, it's old Jimmy C right there. Um, getting it done, um, but yeah, of course, Beautiful like picture though, big tanks of water, um, mm -hmm. lots of lots of practical stuff. 
which is always great to see like when it comes to the water um kate kate yeah. winslet at some point got hypothermia um but she was a trooper and pressed on um yeah. i think in the latest the cell, avatar movie yeah. she has a i think she has like a six minute underwater scene or something where like she had to hold her breath yeah six or seven there. minutes yeah <laughs> so, it's insane cool. yeah good for her <laughs> james cameron loves to make people drown he um that almost happened at the um the remember the abyss we, we talked about it when we reviewed that see again another um, one like yeah like why he always is... killed um oh that yeah the, the actress I can't remember but it's just like he just loves water and putting people in water and just he has this weird obsession but anyway so obviously Mm. constructing the like the titanic ship like look the end result like we could get bogged down and talking about like how it all you know the 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 craft of of it all but like at the end result is that the son of a bitch pulled it off (laughs) like he absolutely did the ship like from from that first scene where they're at the docks and they're like you know they're boarding and stuff like the the ship there looks great um Mm to when they're on the ship when the ship's sinking when they're at the lower decks when they're at the top mm. um, when they're running around it when the ship's ass is up in the air and it cracks and yeah. like just oh. set design wise just in- incredible just incredible oh. that yeah just, just bringing it to life and just the the models that they they used and I mean inflating them and making them huge and incorporating yeah smaller versions of you know the the sets and stuff like that like just putting it together just like mm. that and this is 1997 well, they, like this yeah. was an achievement i really it really was um like you know the the scale models like they they built an actual full scale like you're was, was saying um you know obviously certain elements of the ship it wasn't actually the, the actual ship itself but <laughs> they just uh, built know, the ship um, <laughs> but they, they built really you know, the, the set the set was the, the full size but then they also had smaller ones like there was a 60 foot um one eighth scale um of the stern um and that uh you know and then they had you know the different decks as well that were fully built as well as separate sets as well um and then they had a massive crane what is it let's just look at the stats here um a 49 meter tall t- um or 162 if you're in the states um foot tall um tower crane which was basically used as like a lighting rig as well as um you know a camera rig and all of mm. that i mean that and then i remember reading somewhere where like james cameron apparently is incredibly hard like director to work with um like just really asks a lot from people um hence why people almost drown and get hypothermia on his set but <laughs> he would use this crane and he would like use it and and you know, put himself like bring himself right down to eye level, and you know, basically rip into the to crew and cast members, and then pull himself back up as God and like look, looking back over it all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it was a pretty big undertaking. I think it was a seventeen million gallons water tank. Um, and the uh, the set itself had two hundred seventy degree like degrees of ocean view over like 40 acres on like a mexican waterfront somewhere um just cool. insane so, huge, I, don't, I don't know what a i don't know what a gallon or an acre is but that all sounds very big so yes no i know what an acre is <laughs> and a gallon well i, I genuinely mean, don't know how big a gallon is and you know what we will never know there's no way for us to know i um, i am not going to go to the effort of looking it up um i'll say no, that. Ne- now look ne- neither will i <laughs> so look practically and, and all of that stuff like 
I mean, it, it just works so well. Now, look, when it comes to the CGI, I mean, look, there's quite a mm. bit of CGI in this movie. And for the most part, most of the CGI things that you see, or I guess mm. don't see, and I guess that's the point, um, good, looks looks good. Obviously, like, yeah, James Cameron, he's utilizing that technology, you know, like, developed mm. from the abyss to terminator 2 jurassic park yeah. um you know he's he's taken full advantage of it and, and he's bringing it in this there are some moments that are shocking there's that big wide shot of the ship where it's like a, yeah like a, it's almost like if it was if it was real it would have been filmed like with a with a drone or like a really big crane on another yeah. boat um and it just pans over and it sort of transitions from like a real set with like um mm. with like jack and uh fabrizio and it goes and it just pans up and then suddenly yeah. all the little people turn into these little video game like cgi yeah. people and even the way like some people are walking and it's like mm. like they look like popeye walking down the street like it's, yeah it's pretty it's shocking funny. it's very it's, it's, funny. it's a very small snippet of of, of the movie it's so tiny but it's mm. just the bigger the screen you got a high definition of like yes that you're watching it in it's like oh yeah now nah, this oh this is a bit ugly <laughs> so it, it's actually interesting because you know i watched this watched it with with my wife of course i couldn't watch this movie without my wife um but uh you know we watched it on blu-ray on a uh, 65 inch tv and that scene that one definitely got an eye raise from um from <laughs> dear laura she 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 definitely pointed it out immediately i was like whoa wow <laughs> um so yeah noticeable on um, um, higher definition tvs um and and uh mediums so i don't think it probably would have been as noticeable on the old vhs but um anyway uh but so for the most part yeah it's the special effects hold up you can tell some things that are models and miniatures like with the um the boat splitting and then the water kind of washing in um you can tell that that's a smaller model now but that's but even then i find in it in 1997 very, it's very hard to you have to really look for it to be like okay i'm identifying like if you're absorbed in the film and mm. just going a lot like everything just i'm trying not to use a water pun but everything just washes over like it mm. again i found it i found like the only distracting cgi was that one shot of yeah the ships and it's the... actually you see it's actually murdoch walking up to the captain i believe so you as it you know you I mean, that it does look like thing. murdoch it looks like it, I, I well, it looks like popeye but then <laughs> it, you know it cuts from that and it goes to the captain so the continuity is there but you know they it's, it's very very yeah it's not <laughs> it's not very convincing crazy um yeah. but uh, right. you know still very impressive stuff and it won well, uh, yeah. of course like, like i said it did win an academy award for special effects at the end of the day it, it, overall pretty top notch. um yeah. all right look we've got to that point um the door <laughs> <laughs> the door the door so a huge a huge debate rages on to this day could that door have fitted two people could it have accommodated two bodies <sighs> on that door People are bored, you know. People really <laughs> do need to find other things to do. Look, I so I was joking, you know, with, with the dear wife as we're watching it, um, because in one of the first shots, I don't know if it's the same size board, right? Because during the door got when, short, like, when, they got smaller. I think the shot above <laughs> them, where I think Jack's passed away by that point, and she's kind of like in a bit of a daze singing. 
that looks like it's much smaller. Mm. And that door, it's not even a door. I think it's a wall panel. But anyway, it's, it's a door, like a, isn't yeah. it? The door. It's a huge uh, diamond. No, no, it's like a first it's all class carved. Door. Yeah. yeah anyway, like a door. What's well, it's got a weird shape to it. It's got a big curve on the side of it. It's got a weird door. So I think shape it's more it. like. <laughs> mm. um, but anyway, so that, that the, the 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 view from above, you know, just as just before, you know, she says goodbye to Jack. That one, I did, there's no way you could get two people on that. But the one that flips over, that 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 one, hundred percent, you could have both been on that. Yeah, look, Jack tries. 100%. Jack tries once to get on, and then is just like, nah. Yeah. And he tries from like the long side. Yeah. Where obviously you've also also got like Rose's white. I feel like that's it's going to be easier for the. Flip. I reckon if he had gotten on from the side where he ends up, you know, perched on, mm. I reckon he, I reckon he could have done it. Reckon, they could, he could have survived. He should have at least tried more than once. He could have survived, on, like, or at least found another thing and then like kind of paddled over. I don't know. Could have happened. Could have happened. You that's what, what they, that's my stance on it. I reckon it could have. You know what? No, I kind of I kind of feel like he needed to die. You know, so that's not what we're debating. By that is, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, like, I'm glad that you know. I'm just. I reckon. No, I'm glad. I, as in, it finished. It finished. It the, the, the way the movie finishes, and the, you know, um, and that you know, the you know when we find out you know that Jack's passed, that's you know, that's the real emotional kick of the movie. So it, the, even if the door was too big or too small or whatever, he had to die. He had to die for the movie to be well, as successful it. Right. as it was. So, so we're there. We're there at the end of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like that the, the that one boat does come back, you know, come about. Anyone love out there? That whole, you know, Miss Fantastic's doing yeah. his thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, Rose wakes up and... It is. It's heartbreaking, and it's the whole, you know, like the, yeah. the I'll, I'll never let go kind of thing, and then immediately lets go of him. Obviously, yeah, let's go. It's not See a literal you. thing. She's gonna hang on to him inside of her for, uh, forever, and and she does. Well, he does say so. If I may say, I always thought it was funny when I was younger because that's exactly what happened. She goes, "I'll never let go," and she goes and kisses his hand and just lets him go. Yeah, physically, but, um, that's what she does. But but what? But <laughs> listening to what he says to her just before he passes away. He goes, never let go of that, that dream. Never let go of, you know, you must survive. Like, never let go of it. Yeah. That's what they're referring no, to. That's like, it. They're that's... referring to the dialogue. So, um, and, and she she's says, saying, I'll, I'll never let, let go. go of that. Yeah. 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 But a part of that is obviously like, shot him in. She's not going to let go of him. Inside, yeah. Inside of it. Yeah. That's still part of it. But anyway, it is, it is heartbreaking. Lyra dies. Well, Jack dies, I should say. Jack. Yep. Wake up, Jack! 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 Oh, and then yeah, the, actually yeah, is, the epic well, moment with, to, yeah. with the so sad with the the whistle. Oh. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, we then go back to modern times. There's the whole reveal that you know, like Rose had the 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 jewel the whole time. Um, mm. Old lady Rose throws it in the water. There's the there's the alternate ending where she, she's confronted by you know Bill Paxton and granddaughter. Um, and it's sort of like, no, don't throw it in the thing. I can't remember how that ends, but there's a whole extended mm. scene thing there. But I think this this ending's nicer. Like, she drops it back in there. The next time we see her, she is in her bed. Is she just sleeping? Does she die and go to the afterlife? I'm not really sure. Um, 
but it, gets it could just be dreaming. It could be a dream. Yeah. But I well, think look, if I, anything, inter- I always interpret it as she's passing away. And she goes um, back to like that one, the, the two days where she was the happiest of her life. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about don't worry about the husband that everything. had and passed away and all that other life you, know, that you built, but that's okay. A spoiler for Lost here, but it's like the same thing. It's like these people, the mm. whole extra lives off the island, but the time on the island was like the most important thing. So the afterlife is that what the hell that's the that's the the point in their their life the point that they will continue on as yeah yeah. so nothing Um, else they did after the families is not important doesn't matter forget it it's such a (laughs) such a moving scene though you know when so i i always interpret it that rose has passed away at this point um and then because the people you're seeing are all people who passed away so you're not seeing and also the the people on the mm. Titanic, like the nice people, yeah. As well, like the none bit, of the yeah. bad ones. Because I mean, like you know, it's revealed that Cal committed suicide after like some you know the stock market crash and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the Great Depression. Also, yeah. also she read, she says. So I mean, like he, yeah. you know, he's technically dead, but you know, he's not there. Her mother isn't mm. there, um, and she, mm. I assume, he didn't die until she was a old lady as well, kind of thing. I'm guessing. Yeah, but no, like again, that transition yeah. from like the. The shipwreck underwater, going through mm. that passageway, oh, and then it, it turns into such a actually. Do you know beautiful what? Beautiful way to finish it. A yeah. bit of a bit of just maybe a little bit more rendering on the on the CGI there as we transition in. It kind of looked mm. kind of fake, but then once you get to the guy opening the door, it's like okay, cool. This is real again, and yeah. it, it's not major, but it's like eh, it's not perfect. But yeah, yeah, that that scene is pretty beautiful. Like the because that that's that scene. You know when he's mm. going back earlier in the film where it's like meet me at the clock. You know, like on, yeah. on the stairs there, and yeah, mm. and it's nice. It's when he's first in the suit, and it, yeah. yeah, it's nice. And they're reunited, they share a kiss, and then it's the last thing you see is them young again. It's our two stars, Kate Winslet yeah. and Leah, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. embracing see, pan up to the thing. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is beautiful, and but the um, and that's that's why I interpret it as passing away because it goes up to the light, and then that's that's the yeah. end of that. But um, but the um. Oh, I just I mean I remember as a you know younger with the VHS tapes, watching that scene, just rewinding it, and watching it, trying to find all the characters, because they're all you know all of those people they're all there. Like even the musician, they're all there. The captain's the very last person. He's standing at the top in the middle as well. He and they're all applauding, and it's just a beautiful moment. Like it's a happy ever after, even though there wasn't a happy ever after. You know. Yeah. So. Um, one more thing, um, just with you know, with the ending, other than the throwing away, you know, the the diamond and the, you know, the passing away or however you interpret it with all the other characters and all that. There's also a beautiful moment that I real, I what you know, I noticed this time watching it where um, Brock, so played by Bill Paxton, we didn't really talk about his character much. You know, he's he's quite minor but a really cool character. He's the one who's trying to um, you know, he's running the ex to find the, the diamond in, in the modern day, he has that moment with um, with Rose's granddaughter about how he just hadn't really seen the person side of the disaster before. Um, like he was really interpreting the disaster. The way he explains it is he he was looking at it as you know it's something that happened, but he didn't actually understand what it meant. And then after Rose's story, that's what he's talking about, you know, how he's got a little bit of a change of heart. And I thought I thought that was really a really nice 
addition. But not only that, I kind of feel like that's what the audience's kind of reaction is. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, well, for me anyway, like before watching the movie originally, but even now, you know, watching as, as a much older adult, because, you know, Cameron's actually made a movie that, as, you know, a lot of the time, like I was saying, beat for beat, you know, there's a lot, he's used a lot of the historical references and, and tried to put them in in the right points as a, as a kind of real accurate um, kind of, you know, uh, you know, interpretation of the actual night and what happened. And I don't, you know, I, I knew about the Titanic before this movie, but I truly didn't have an appreciation for just the horror and everything that went on until after this, you know? Um, so I feel like, yeah, Bill Paxson's kind of, um, or Brock, sorry, the character's, yeah, just his moment of um, realisation of that, you know, the personal impact to it all, that I kind of feel like the audience is on board with that. Like he's he's speaking yeah. for the audience. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like I said at the top, it's like for some reason I felt myself feeling a lot more in this most recent mm. viewing, um, especially when it came yeah, to some, I mean, there's so much horror and bad stuff happening, obviously, like in that whole third, like third hour of the film. But mm. even just some, some very still, silent, quiet moments, like, you know, the mother tucking mm. the kids into bed, like reading them a story. Yeah. They have no idea what's happening. It's just like, we're just going to sleep. It's all good. Yeah. And, mm. and she knows that's the last time, you know, it's, a, it's the last moments that they're going to have together, but they're, they're at peace. Yeah. They're not going to go through any of the trade. I'm like, that hurts, like, watching that. Yeah. The When mm. the, you know, that lifeboat is is kind of just, like, going through the water, looking at the bodies, and then you see, like, the, yeah. the one, the frozen mum with the baby, and it's just like, nope, <laughs> like, can't do it. Yeah, just definitely. like, I'm like, nope, got to look away. Like, eyes have to close. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just, oh, that's so much. But it, it's, it, it's, it's bizarre, like, obviously all this horrible stuff and imagery is going on mm. but there's there's enough like little moments throughout that final hour where there's a bit of humor there's a bit of mm. you know there's some spirited energy and whether it's the you know the moments with the violin players how they they keep trying to mm. be like ah it's been a pleasure guys let's let's go and then it's just like no they just keep mm. going they keep doing it and it's like no, yeah. no we're really we're really done now you know there's and you mm. know you mentioned when Tommy runs past him and it's like you know he, he makes a crack about music like, to die by drown now by, yeah. now we're in first class <laughs> like it's like yeah. little little jokes like that there's mm. you know, the the moment with like the axe and it's like he tried to hit the same spot and it's like she just yeah throws that's so family, great but it's like yeah okay no, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah good enough good enough but there's there's little, there's quirky little moments. There's, yeah. There's things. There's, so just, there's just a little bit of levity amongst all the horror. And I, I think it is needed and, and mm. it works well. And it's not like, it's not taking the piss. It's not changing the tone. It's not, um, it's not detracting from what's going on, but it just gives us as an audience a moment to just mm. not sink into a ball and cry because it's so horrible. But, yeah. um, but no, but fun the movie. Of it is there. Fun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. No. Yeah, fun, crazy movies. Laughs. Lots of yeah. laughs. Yeah. But I mean, no, three look, hours of laughs. It's, I mean, look, it's two hours of of pretty bright, uh, you know, love and emotions and mm. other treachery, and then obviously dark, <laughs> and, dark and cold and miserable and action packed yeah. at the same time. It's it's yeah. madness. Look, we'll we'll break this movie in just a moment, but look, I think I think we've done it. Mm. So let's move into our quiz. Um, yeah, familiar. 
uh, 10 questions in approximately 60 seconds. I've got a quiz Hell for yeah. you, Rob. I'm ready yeah. to start reading the questions out if you give me the all clear that you have some answers for me. Absolutely. Go when you're ready, mate. Okay, let's get straight into it. How many years has it been according to Rose? Um, 80 years? 84 years? Oh, correct. 80. How yeah. old is Rose in the present day? Oh, it's either 100 or 101. You 101. Must, you must choose. Are you going with 101? Yes. Incorrect. Incorrect. Bullshit. She is 100. Okay. She's turning 101. Oh, gosh. But she will be 101 at some point. Um, but if you're correct and she died in that bed, then mm. um, then maybe she, she didn't, didn't make it. 101. Maybe, maybe, or maybe she did because she was back home. So that could have been. Anyway, um, I'm not going to get this all done in a minute if I prat on like that. Who is <laughs> or what is the name of Jack's best friend? Um, Fabrizio. Uh, very good. Are you looking at your notes? Nope. Okay, very good. I, I can't confirm or deny that. What artist does Rose have paintings of? Um, a Picasso and a Monet. Correct. Yeah. Um, this one's a bit trickier. Where did Jack grow up? Um, Milwaukee, um, Chippewa Falls, Chipp- Chippewa Falls, something like that. Is that what it is? Now, I've written down Wisconsin. Is Milwaukee in oh, it's, Wisconsin? Oh, no, no, no. It is no? It's Wisconsin. But Milwaukee, it is. So, no. okay. But, it, but it's, Chippewa, it's Chippewa Falls, right? I think that's correct. I didn't write down that specific, but well done for that. I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. Awesome. Whose clothes does Molly give to Jack? Her son's. Correct. What room is Jack handcuffed in? The... Um, Infirmary? Mm, incorrect. Okay. It's a jail, is it actually, isn't it? Uh, it's the master at arms' office. Oh, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Okay. Who does First Officer William Murdoch accidentally shoot? Tommy. Tommy Ryan. Correct. The old Irish fella. Good guy. Good guy. How many lifeboats come back? One. Correct, unfortunately. And... What is the name of the ship that rescues the survivors? The Carpathia? The Carpathia? Oh, my God. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean, how many you got? What, what ones did I get wrong? <laughs> Literally just Rose's age. You got nine out of ten. Yeah, nice one. That's pretty nice. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Eight out of ten. You got the you got the handcuff room wrong. <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry to, sorry to take that away from you. Eight out of ten. God damn it. God damn it. No, I'll take eight out of ten. That's pretty, pretty good. Eight out of ten is good. Not bad. All right, let's let's rate Titanic. You can go first. All right, I will do. Um, so I don't really have much to say about this because so when I finished watching it and you know watching it with with the wife. You know, a few tears at the end, even though we know exactly what's going on, it's still just such an impactful movie. But, like, if so, it's a three-hour-long movie or whatever the heck it is, two and a bit or whatever, whatever, however long it is. But I, what, what, one thing I noticed, right, was that I didn't feel like it was a long movie because you're on the journey and you really are sucked in. And the way that... All the characters' portrayals are, and and the, the writing, and the way that Cameron paces it, and just the visual spectacle, 
and the the dire dire um situation that they find themselves in you can't you just you it's just it, it's it's a roller coaster ride well it's not a roller coaster ride because it just doesn't end it's relentless um and the pace like you, you feel that you don't it doesn't drag out in any way i don't i don't feel it anyway um so i it's a it's an amazing movie an amazing piece of craftsmanship to pull something together that's so long that feels so brief and you want more afterwards um and you know visual effects and things like that i know we got dated issues and stuff but this movie it's I, I mean, this is probably one of the most perfect movies that you can possibly find. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not really going to talk about it any more than that. Like, it's it's a five out of five. Like, it's a six out of five almost. Jesus. Like, it's a, it is it is one of the greatest movies I have ever seen. It is in like I forgot about it, but now that I've watched it again, I truly adore this movie for every every element of it. So it's five out of five, Jason. Yeah, you know, it it warms my heart just a little bit hearing you give this movie a five out of five. I mean, like, <laughs> look, as as a male human being, mm-hmm. right? Whenever I talk about Titanic to somebody, I mean, yeah. usually what I get is maybe a little bit of judgment. Like, why do <laughs> I like this romance movie, this romance disaster, whatever, but I do like this romance movie set in 1912. Like, it's a human story. It's yeah, a like, why do I like this movie so much? Like, it shouldn't be, you know, like such a black look. It's not in my top five, like, favorite movies of all time, anything like that. But look, if we're talking about a movie that can be regarded as look, a perfectly made um, thing, this movie is is up there and it should be in the conversation. It's it's long, mm. but it's epic. It's it doesn't feel long. It, it's like this is something that like was created and put together and made it, it, the definition of of movie magic. Like it it's it's all here. Mm. And look, it's not a sci-fi, you know, like superhero dinosaur filled adventure thing. But like you said, it's it's a human story about like these characters, but it also delves into like the 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 class division kind of aspect of it yeah. the whole period piece element and hey you know i'm a sucker for disaster movies and mm. this one pretty much gives us a pretty damn good one at the at the end of it so look absolutely I, at the end of the day i'm i'm right there with you man like this is a solid yeah. five out of five titanic really is. titanic five out of five yeah, man, I, I know I'm very happy to hear that as well, like from from yourself. Because yeah, you're right. I think there is. I mean, there might be some negative, negative connotations with this because, but but truly, that's a oh, who doesn't love a beautiful human story, even if it's it's got every it's got every. I just it's got, it's got I just enjoy. I just enjoy watching this movie. Like I, I mean, mm. of course, watch. Like I said, the most recent watch. Like I just found some aspects of it like a lot more emotionally hitting but i mean that's just gonna mm. feed into my very sick way of watching films i'm like yeah i want to feel something and that's what this movie does it evokes so much emotion um yeah. like i just enjoy watching it like it's just so well made the performances the look of it the glamour yeah. like it's it's a shiny it's a shiny movie it's yeah. so pretty and it's 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 well put together and yeah you can't even even if you think about it you can't i know that we were talking about you know the some age 
changed special um, CGI and stuff. But go go like this thing. Think performance wise, I can't think of a single performance in this movie where it, like it just didn't feel right. You know, it, I mean, yeah, everything look, was perfect. There, there's probably some some characters or some actors that it might seem a little bit over the top and how some certain lines are delivered. You know, like but. I mean, it, it okay, goes yeah, in line know. with the people of those times, I guess. And like you, you like you said earlier, yeah. like the way people speak and and again, you, mm. you're thrown in the wealth kind of class to it or someone mm. someone in authority being official, they put on this yeah. certain voice to appear demanding or, or powerful, authoritative-like yeah. or, or, or wealthier, you know, like of a high mm. class. And, and that's when you get those kind of weird jarring lines of dialogue but it's like oh okay no no no, that's just how they sound that's how they'll deliver that line because mm. that's it i don't know that it's it's just so good and i'm just happy that there's someone another another bloke out there that's just like yeah, <laughs> titanic's sick like what a sick movie <laughs> yeah back at you back at you awesome. who couldn't like it all right might all go right. watch true <laughs> true lies next just to, just to keep it in line with james cameron but like just get some action <laughs> just some my, some my some next beefy action in me <laughs> well my next that's already told you my next james cameron movie is definitely going to be avatar um yeah. way of water now look have a good time i'm starting to hear look because it's all been pretty positive up until now like early stuff i'm starting to hear some questionable things now so i'm like okay yeah 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 We'll see how we go. I just, I'm just literally the spectacle. I don't care what the plot's oh, look, like. And I'm just, sure, I'm sure see what, what he's glorious. done. I'm sure. I just, I'm mm. just not going to pay to sit there for three hours to watch a a, a, a beautiful screensaver. I was just like, nah. I, I, <laughs> I'm just not interested in the story. I don't care. Anyway, so that was my opinion on uh, Avatar: Way of Water or whatever the hell it's called. Avatar. Yeah. James Cameron likes to get wet. So that was our review uh, to 19. 19- <laughs> No, what am I trying to say? I don't even know our lines. Um, that was our rewind <laughs> to 1997. Titanic nailed it. <laughs> well, well done. Um, all right. Well, we hope everybody's enjoyed this episode of Rewind Review. Uh, as always, we'll remind you that any feedback, um, especially good stuff, but um, either positive or negative, um, or any requests, of course, as well, they can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcast at gmail.com. Mate, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you, am I. I'm shattered. <laughs> oh, you can reach out to us on either of that films, your rewarded reviews, Facebook pages, like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. We're very professional. Yeah, <laughs> we are certainly one of our best episodes of all time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Um, please do so uh, as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another rewind and review see you on the next trip see ya Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.